Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Who needs Eva? Not I. Not on our birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Happy birthday! Ah! You're hearing this out of a 30-year-old voice, but when when you hear this, hear this, it'll I'll be 31 know, and my body like will be decrepit. Rec- yeah, you won't recognize the the trembling elderly voice <laughs> coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'll have significantly more wisdom though. You'll see. They'll oh, all see. They'll so. all see. I wonder if that's why Eva's not here today. She put on the calendar she was unavailable and I feel like she realized we were recording our birthday episode and just didn't want to be part of it, which I don't she's, blame her. She's like, "I'm outie." Yeah. I, no, I don't well, blame her. Well, I feel bad, Christine, because I really wanted to wow you with the 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 vibe, and so you're you know. wowing me to an extreme level, and I don't think you realize it. I'm loving the color changing lights. Em literally has like rainbow lights on in the background to celebrate, I, and you know they're like they're hmm. I feel like they're cool to us because we never I never have them setting like the setting is rainbow, but to all the like the cool like twitch streamers and they shit and they've got a whole setup like nonsense this is, this is a typical tuesday for them so um and also like a significantly terrible quality compared to what they offer but um, well i'm glad you're happy <laughs> i'm happy and that's what matters right now i feel like you're talking me out of my now now i feel like man you're right em you should have stepped up the fucking game well then we'd be on the same page christine because um <laughs> i just i'm thinking back to like you know Remember like our first birthday together and you like decorated the whole apartment and then we did it a couple <laughs> we did it a couple times in a row and then for, even for like our our live show birthday party I like had balloons everywhere and I really thought I'm going to fucking deliver this time and I truly had a plan to wake up early and like have decorations everywhere and then I realized I have been exiled from the closet that holds all of our birthday stuff because you know time timeline wise this is confusing but my birthday hasn't happened yet yeah and all of my presents are hidden and unwrapped in there i see and i have been told under no circumstances am i allowed to go into the closet which is where all of the decorations for your birthday you're celebration doing a lot would of have talk, been. talk talk talking you know what i mean you're doing a lot of skirting around the issue um yeah. and yeah. i guess i'll just be honest and say 
I thought about doing something too, but I thought I don't have the fucking time for that. So I did not. But I have something planned for you during my section. Oh. I brought something special to the table that I have been working on. It's just not oh my visible right now. Does that make uh-huh. sense? It's just all in, it's your your mastermind that's mind the gift. is the uh-huh. present. You're welcome. Well, it always has been. It's been a <laughs> gift. A to gift many. to you and a curse, but you know. Well, okay. Christine, on your 32nd birthday. It this comes out on your actual on birthday. On my birthday, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and you and it comes out we were saying like at midnight. Mm-hmm. And if we do it midnight Eastern, then it'll be your birthday and my birthday at the same time. Ah! Oh like, my God. Okay. How fun is that when it comes out? So it really is like the exact crossover. <laughs> when is, uh, what is your reason for drinking? I mean, obviously your birthday, but is there anything else going on? Well, yesterday was Mother's Day and I think I partied a little too hardy and I did not feel well this morning, nor do I currently. So is the birthday girl hung over? <laughs> yes, for sure. Aww. And I'm sure by the time this comes out, I will have selective amnesia and have decided to not, uh, you know, heed my past self's advice. And I'm sure well, that I'm having a good time tonight as well. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's your birthday, I think you're about to experience this feeling again. That's so. right. It's like a weird <laughs> parallel universe. Yes. Um. So I'm just drinking a lot of water in an attempt to, you know. Okay, let me close this window. I opened it for Juniper. He's not even here, but somebody's dragging a bunch of chains across the ground. Like, that seems <laughs> so necessary right now. It sounds like you hired someone to play a Grim Reaper for your birthday party. <laughs> this fu- no, wait, did you hire that? You're like the fucking Crypt Keeper. That would be hysterical. And actually, at the end of the chains is a bunch of edible arrangements. I forgot to tell <laughs> oh, you. Wait. Okay, fine. I was going to say, I don't like that idea, but suddenly I do. Um, okay, uh, elevator music. Please stand by. I literally looked out the window and there's a giant decrepit truck full of wood planks and chains and they're just yeah. dragging them around. I texted him. I said, I said, abort, <laughs> abort mission. Call it off. We're calling it oh, off. He's speeding away uh, <laughs> with all my strawberries. <laughs> oh, that's the cruelest trick of all. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, why are you drinking today, Em? why i'm drinking i don't have anything really going on i think i i'm drinking because i know coming up there's a lot and so this is like my last breath for a while Um, i know we leave this week for vegas as we record um mm -hmm. and then you're in the philippines and oh my gosh it's gonna be a lot (laughs) and as soon as i come back my mom's in town which i i don't i i'm excited and also a little scared because i i don't know what she's it's for my birthday and so i don't know if she's gonna be like cranking her energy to 100 on like trying to give me a really good birthday and then it'll like will you be pleased about that or not or will you be distressed about that um i don't know i'm not sure i know she will mean very well but she what's interesting about my my mom is that a lot of the interest she thinks i have she really has me frozen in time from Uh when i last lived with her and so a lot of times she'll be like, well, I know you like this. And I'm like, I haven't liked that in half my lifetime, girl. But OK. Like, so <laughs> Wait, what? Dunkaroos? Wait, just kidding. We all still love those. Never no, she she nailed she nailed my birthday party last year. But that's also because I had a lot of say in it. I see. Um, you were there she, to help facilitate. Yeah. And for the most part, she does. Um, she does a really good job with gifts and all that. But if I if I give her too long to overthink, then mm. it ends up backtracking to like, oh, well, I know you like this. And I was like, oh. I did. And I have, I, I do you have an example of like what? Cause I'm just curious, like what your past interests were that 
like I, I don't know I don't know you from a past life you know what oh, I mean oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Trying to um, think of man, what you would have liked you know what's so silly I have reggae ex- music I don't know I actually did like reggae I music I feel like I knew that in the back of my mind somehow I, I still like it I feel a little iffy as a white person listening to it and like I feel like I need to teach myself more before I can appreciate it but uh as as a kid I just again we were very into like the the beach and and pool world and so I I have like a lot of ambient music memories and so we always had like we had a lot of like island music playing growing up but I feel like I didn't appreciate it the right way so I could get back into it let me think um interest wise um I think it's it's weird because she's kind of valid in it that like I still like a lot of childhood things. Please look at this room um, for clarity. Um, <laughs> but it's like things like SpongeBob, like she'll think I still like SpongeBob or oh. something like that. And I'm like, you're oh, you're close, but not like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's yeah, grown we like a little. SpongeBob. It's Don't superheroes now, mom. Leave right? me alone. Yeah, yeah. I've grown. I've changed. <laughs> I've matured. Anyway, she's I know she means well, but I, I think it's also um. It's not that I'm worried about her trying to plan something for me. It's that she's trying to plan stuff for me and Allison's trying to plan stuff for me and my mom. And and I'm trying and I also have the nerves of like Allison and my mom mingling, which like not that they wouldn't get along, but I just still, you know, they haven't seen even though we've been together for a long time, they haven't been in the same room together all that often. So it still feels new. So I get antsy i just want everyone to have a good time so i think they will i do i think they'll be fine i just get nervous anyway i get it hi 32 year old i got a story for you oh i'm so excited explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter 
has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I... When, by the way, I wish you could see how my arms are positioned. I have like them both like hip, like on my hips, just kind of like a dad on in a yard. Oh, just to like look out. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking out a window. Clouds. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like those TikToks where it's like dads coming outside when the tornado warning goes off and all the dads appear like they've been summoned (laughs) by the universe. I'm leaning right now with one foot tapping. And oh, that's I'm very cool pensive. for you. Are you? Is that your new 31 year old self coming through? I think so. I've been doing a lot more with the hands on the hips recently. And I don't. I don't know what that means. I like this um, journey for you, though. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I've been going. I went on the social medias and I hid you from my stories and I asked everybody <gasps> what they would want to know s- when you do this. I never figure it out. I guess I that's the every- point. That is the point, yeah. And I had Blaze, too, in case he tried to talk mm. to you about it. Um, he does watch all your stories, so yes, he would have probably seen something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I knew that was a tricky game, so I just blocked him. Um, Good idea. I asked everybody what they would want to see on a birthday episode, and like 90% of people wrote in saying something about Geminis. Oh. And my thought, though, is like, some people said, like, just do an episode on Gemini's, but then I was afraid that was going to lead into, like, a 12-part series about astrology, uh-huh, and everyone yeah, sure, gets sure. their own sign. That's a big commitment. <laughs> and I don't know if it's something that anyone would truly want to hear, so I didn't want to, like, lose an audience for 12 weeks, you know? Like, right. <laughs> so, I, so uh, uh, yeah, that I, I appreciate, as a business, per- as your business partner, <laughs> I do also appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. I was afraid like only Gemini's will listen in for this week and then next week would be yeah, something else. So. We really like cut our listenership down by 11 twelfths, whatever that <laughs> fraction would be. Everyone would be like, wow, you guys are not doing well. You have a dip in your audience. <laughs> yeah, what happened? So uh, anyway, I was like, what else can I do for the Gemini, Gemini, Gemini? And I was like, okay, let me see if I can find anything on twins. And so I tried to do like a creepy twin story. There aren't many shockingly i love twin stories but i did find one and it is also a ufo story and (gasps) i was like well here we go are you serious oh my god okay okay so a bit of a leap but your birthday theme is twins and i got you an alien but i feel like that's exactly what i would have wanted so you really nailed it perfect so this (laughs) is the story of the kinsella twins and their ufo encounters uh basically there are two twins these guys ronald and philip and they have had collectively, to their knowledge, four different UFO encounters. <gasps> and I say to their knowledge because both of them believe there's probably been more. Oh, no. So the first sighting happened when they were 13 years old. This was in 1982, 1983. And they're at their grandmother's house. And they're out in the garden with their grandma when all of a sudden they see something flying towards them. Starting out hot. It's like that joke that I love. Speaking of dads, uh, I thought I saw a baseball coming toward me, and then it and hit then it me. hit me. 
Ha ha. Want to know how I know that one? No. Because you tell me all the time. Oh. I'm like, where did you learn that great joke? Okay, gotcha. Sorry. I mean, where did I learn that nugget of comedy gold? Just like uh, genius, yes. Uh, So they were outside and something hit them. It was not a baseball. It was spherical. Okay. And it was actually the shape of a football, funny oh, enough. Oh, man, I was close. Which is that, or the size of a football. It was literally a spherical. I'm so stupid. It was a circle and the size of a football. Gotcha. Um. It was silver. It was seamless. They couldn't find anything that would be making it move by itself. And it was beyond technology of their time. It flew towards them. It was coming up behind their grandma. And then it stopped midair over their head. Oh, my. uh, Over grandma's head. And they're looking at this thing. They realize pretty immediately they sense that this thing's intelligent for some reason. Um, And... They both see it and they ask their grandma what it was. I don't know if she saw it or if she did. It doesn't really matter. But either way, she says, oh, it's just a fairy coming to get a closer look at us. And <laughs> Is that supposed to be comforting, grandma? That just makes me more nervous. <laughs> right. So they literally to this day say that whatever that was, we know for sure. Even if fairies are real, that was not a fucking fairy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Without yeah. question, that was not a fairy. And they do wonder if she had experienced it before and was afraid to scare them. Or maybe she didn't know and just didn't want to deal with their bullshit. And uh, the sense they got was that she was trying to protect them. Okay. And so that makes me think grandma's had an encounter before. That's a great point. She seemed really quick on that explanation. Yeah. And we find out later, fun fact, that grandma apparently was psychic. Oh, Lord. So maybe she was, she had some tinglings about <gasps> what was going on. So anyway, the twins think that at this point, they, she just didn't want to scare them, but they knew it wasn't a fairy. And as soon as they talked about this, it started moving again. So oh, it moved no. away from grandma's head. It's almost like it heard, don't call me a fairy. Yeah, and then how just like, dare you? Does this, <laughs> is this something a fairy would do? Bam! Yeah, and zipped away. Zoop, and, zoop, probably, actually. Well, so then it flies all the way to grandma's house. So they're Uh-oh. outside. It flies closer to the house, stops midair at the second floor as if it's looking through the windows. <sighs> they said they felt like it was scanning. Good night. Ew. Then, then, it f- ho- then it levitates higher up, gets to the third floor, stops at a window, and <gasps> starts looking. I'm glad I shut my window. Now I'm getting nervous. <laughs> and then it flies a little higher up towards the roof and takes off. I thought you were going to say the, the kids... fourth floor. I'm like, how many, how, what kind of fucking McMansion are they living in? So grandma's estate. Uh, she... <laughs> <laughs> it's full of uh, fairies and a lot of bedrooms. It's Belmoral, actually. I'm, I'm talking, we're talking about the queen here. Oh. It's the queen's house. Well, the king's, I've never I guess. heard of such a thing. That's like the name of their estate, their castle. Is it really? I genuinely am not just trying to be an ass. I really didn't know that. <laughs> well, now, you're, now you're freaking me out. No, I, I don't know anything about the royals. This is like an admission that I know nothing. I, uh, Balmoral. Castle and estate. Okay, thank God. I I, I, listen, I believe you. 100%. Anyway, joke landed. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he takes off. This thing takes off over the roof, and the kids want to follow it, so they run around the back of the house to see it, and they 
when they get there, they see it's still in the sky, but speeding up and taking off into the distance. <gasps> uh, and Philip says that this is the first time they had actually seen something that people had told him throughout his life could not be real. And so oh, this was, boy. I think, the first time he probably felt like, I can't say anything, but this right. was fucking crazy. Um, Ronald still refers to this orb as an electronic eye. Because from the second they saw it, he said it felt like it was watching them and did watch them for a long time after that. That is deeply upsetting. <laughs> deeply traumatic. Can you yeah. imagine being a kid and now wondering if it's ever scanning your window when you're like, sleeping? Yeah, if you're like, sleeping in bed and you're like, any glimmer, you're like, oh my god, the eye is back. Ugh. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. So that was their first encounter with this thing. And they did it together, at least. So, yay, trauma bonding. Aww. But but then they each have their own individual encounters. Okay. So the second interaction they have is actually the first time that Ronald sees this thing by himself. So Ronald goes first. And uh, they were still 13. So this encounter happened shortly after the first interaction. Mm-hmm. And he remembers... Uh, this is the only encounter he remembers having alone. Okay. Again, to his knowledge. And he only mentioned it in 2012. So it's only been like a decade since he's been open with this. Um, I saw it one place. It might have been 2010, but I think it was 2012. So he's 13 years old. And Ronald, quick and short, he was taken in the middle of the night from his bed. But to get more into it, he's taken in the middle of the night from his bed. And he meets... The doctors. Um, I hate that so much. I hate it so much. He even later says he was like, uh, and he interrupts his own story to when he says doctors to be like, by the way, I call them the doctors. I knew so fucking well they were not doctors. They were not doctors. I have full goose cam. Oh my god. This is a quote from Ronald. Um, it's a long one, but this is like, I mean, I I listened to a few podcasts that they were interviewed on and just felt like he, I mean, he nailed it. It's his story. So this is a quote of what happened to him. This is the nasty thing about this. You have no control over it of being taken out of his bed. It is a violation because you're taken against your will. I was taken up. I went through the house and I could see this shape in the sky. Next thing I knew I had awoken. When I was awake, there was this advanced form of wheelchair I was in this room. There was an operating table. That's what caught my attention first. And there were three doctors ahead of it who he, again, says, I knew they were not doctors. Mm. I couldn't move in the chair. I was paralyzed to a degree, and I couldn't turn back. The strange thing about these doctors is they were taller than me, and they were clad in a uniform from head to toe. You couldn't even see their eyes because they wore visors. I couldn't see any trace of them. They even had gloves on. And so that's why he calls them the doctors, because they were wrapped up like surgeons. That's so upsetting. He thinks he startled them by being awake, which is interesting because to this day, he wonders if they planned on keeping him asleep and did their own technology fail. (sighs) Because he says when he woke up, they were like shocked. And so you don't want that, even with regular doctors. If there's a look of shock on any doctor's (laughs) face, I'm like something not good is happening. Exactly. If I'm ever being put under, it's like, I hope to never remember you. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't let me wake up. But so 
his best guess over all these years, he thinks that they were in disguise as a plan B in case he did wake up so he couldn't see what they looked like. Oh, my God, that's really upsetting. So then that leads him into like being even more paranoid about like, okay, so did you did your technology was it shaky and you knew it might not work and right. so you knew you needed this plan B? Because why were you shocked that I but then why were you shocked that I woke up if yeah. like so why are you if just dressed like this all the time? Yeah. So that that becomes one of the things that I think he might have spiraled on for a uh. while. He could sense a male presence behind him. <sighs> And the beings all spoke to him in English, and they were polite but authoritative. And they said, we're going to perform an operation on you, Ronald. No! This is the stuff of genuine nightmare. I mean, true, deep-seated, genuine nightmares. He even said that made his skin crawl because they knew his name, and they knew how to refer to him. Which confirms that they'd been watching. Imagine if they said Donald by mistake, and he's like, <laughs> they don't even know my fucking name. You got the wrong patient. Imagine if they said Philip, and he's like, that's my brother. Yeah, you're sorry, the, you the, got the wrong one. guy. Send me back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to perform an operation on you, Ronald. Oh. Th- they said uh, it was for his own good, and it must be done, sure. even though Ronald was begging them not to. And I don't know if this was telepathically. It seems like all their conversation was telepathic. This is horrific. Um, he kept saying, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And they said, Ronald, we will not harm you. LOL. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Apparently in their world, consent is not part of right. the protocol. I guess not. Uh, they had this instrument that was essentially a needle. Okay. Well, you know that I'm going to leave now, right? It's not as bad as you think. They just, they, oh, they took his left, the palm of his left hand. They put the needle in. Gross. And he blacked the fuck out. So In the palm of his hand, that's interesting. Yeah, I was like, in my mind, I can't tell if that's better me, or worse. Me neither. Than any other. <laughs> me neither. Like the the I also have a thing where like my I don't know if this is the normal human condition or if I'm an odd duck, but my the palms of my hands are always ticklish. Oh are yours? No. Are yours? Uh-uh. Oh. If if I even touch my own hands, I Really? Hate it. Yeah. I don't and have so, that. In my mind, being stabbed with a needle, I'd have the quickest fist in the world. I'd shut that shit down oh, real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah. But then in my mind, it's like, oh. You'd like, be like, ooh, it that... tickles. And they'd be like, it's, we're trying to sedate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could tolerate that. Because also, at least if they, like, I already have needle issues. But, like, if they're going to put it in my usual spot, yeah. at least I can, I'm expected to close my fist like a reflex. Right. Of, like, and now I don't they're know, just but... like, open up. Oh. Yeah, the palm feels incredibly like intimate, like vulnerable. And it for feels some like reason. why would that be the spot? Like it doesn't seem like that would be the most effective way to administer anything. <laughs> I know. Weird. I don't. Maybe that's where their like elbow vein is. Oh, maybe in, that's in their the hand. IV. Oh god, horrible. Uh, so he blacks out, and when he wakes up, he has. He's in the middle of exiting the UFO, which is a fancy way of saying he's fucking free falling. <laughs> he's in the middle of exiting. That's a fun way to put it. <laughs> he's in the process of disembarking. He's, he's essentially horizontal in the air at a speed. Cool. Um, <laughs> That's just great. He, uh, he said that while this was happening, he was like, maybe it's because I don't remember going up into the UFO. So I don't know what the, you know, physiological experience was because I was 
asleep and then I woke up when I was there. Right. But going down, I remember my skin feeling like it was electric and my hair was standing on end <gasps> and I I had like the belly flopping oh, of wow. being on a roller coaster. Um, but at the same time as he's feeling all this, he's not like um I don't know the right free word, falling? but he's he's yeah, he's not free falling. He's uh, still under their powers or something and he's floating down. Okay, so but they're it, like lowering him basically. Yeah, but it still feels to him like he's falling, I guess. Yeah, I wonder Which is its own version of hell, if you yeah, think you're free-falling so and you're not. Through the sky, yeah, yeah, as a child. I mean, I wondered, too, if, like, the, when he says his skin was tingling, if it was, like, a... Yeah. yeah. Those things, those... I don't... Okay, I don't know. But you know those balls that have, like, electrostatic? I wonder I, if yeah. that was, like, how they maneuvered him. I wonder if the tingling on his skin was like some sort of like electromagnetic draw that they were like bringing yeah, him down and like, like the hair feel stand the on end you know when you touch those and your hair goes up yeah like, i wonder if that was happening oh, Ooh. Yeah. that's a good point i don't know um I'm but no yeah scientist so- i know it's hard to believe but no all right well <laughs> had me fooled <laughs> i thought maybe so he floated back down to uh uh he floated into his bedroom. I guess they like they also brought him through his whole house, which is also so weirdly intimate and violating of like, you know, the layout of my house. Yeah, and it's like, I've got this from here, bud. Like, I, you can, I can walk down the hall back to my room. You don't need to, like, deliver me. Well, they delivered him to his bed, and he said, shockingly, the scariest part of this entire experience, he was scared throughout, but the scariest part was when, I guess, he was like, when they turned the the kill switch on of him, his like magnetic draw to them. Yeah. And all of a sudden he wasn't being pulled and floated by them. It was just, he was back to being on his own. It, the first time he felt himself drop out of this force and onto his bed. That Ooh, was the scariest part. Really? Because he said the, the touching of his bed made it real. It wasn't like he woke <gasps> up from a dream or something. He felt he felt the impact of landing oh, back no. in bed. And then it, all of a sudden you're like you just are have to sit there and face all of what just happened. Oh. Yep. That's a and great while, point. And while he's lying there, um in hindsight he says it was a hologram. At, in the 80s he didn't have a word for it. Oh, interesting. But uh there was a hologram projected on the ceiling of his bed. So as soon as he laid down and was already really fucking like discombobulated, right? All of a sudden this hologram shows up on the ceiling of the Cheshire cat. <gasps> what? And, I was not expecting that. And the Cheshire cat is smiling and where he can see all the rows of its teeth and it's waving at him and it just stared at him for minutes. And then eventually dissolved away. Why are they like this? Will make him feel better, yeah, right? Is that was that supposed to be comforting? Like what the fuck? He says of the Cheshire Cat experience. He said it was the most awfulest thing I have I have ever seen, and in fact, it scarred me because I've never forgotten it. Same. I mean, I I've had nightmares that have scarred me, like from watching certain characters. But like, I think it's also because like. like the whole everything up until that point was whatever quote is expected of a an abduction story, but that was a real fucking curveball. It's like a that's... fucking plot twist for sure. And I, you know, I've heard some alien stories where uh, kids say that they felt like the the 
beings were like trying to project something that they would re- the kids would recognize like one kid said they appeared to him as like circus monkeys as if like they were playful mm. and fun and like he's like they didn't realize probably how terrifying that was but they were like oh don't be scared we're your friends we're fun circus monkeys like don't Wait, be scared whereas- there's a fun cat <laughs> smiling at you can you imagine just like several monkeys getting in your face being like we're nice we're like, nice juggling it's like, like ah! yeah. oh my god um yeah so i've heard it's, that's a thing it's very creepy and one of the things that he has said in hindsight um ronald said that a few years before he had seen alice in wonderland and so one of his beliefs on <sighs> what these aliens are capable of is like tapping into your memory right and so maybe you're onto something where they were trying to come up with something where he felt like relaxed familiar yeah maybe, but his thought too which is a little more sinister is that they picked something that was of an imagination so that way if he ever brought this up to people it would sound more like it was a dream okay and he, that's he could upsetting be, he could be gaslit just, into like imme- oh well, yes you tricked yourself it like immediately invalidates the story if someone's like oh it sounds like a w- bad dream yeah are like oh we all saw the cheshire cat freaked all of us out at some point like yeah you should stop watching scary movies and i wonder too if like it was meant to make him gaslight himself like oh maybe i didn't see all that it was just a weird dream yeah it was all a dream (sighs) i wish which like that that does feel sinister of like oh maybe he seems to be remembering too much let's just let's do whatever we can to make him think this wasn't real Oof. so after this incident he ended up uh quickly after this having really intense pain um and he was at school one time and he had three big waves of horrible pain flow through him bam 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 and then all of a sudden he passed out next to uh, to the onto the student next to him like fell over onto the student next to him and uh he was saying that he was having like it made him like he fell over and then he fitted which he was he's british so i think that means he was a having a seizure. seizure um and he kept saying i i never fitted before i never fitted before that must um, be what it is yeah that's what i'm thinking but anyway he that was the only time it had ever happened it never happened again but he definitely attributes it to that of Ugh. like i all of a sudden it was like i don't know it feels like maybe his body was like trying to like repel whatever was in him or like I maybe wonder... they had or yeah. maybe they had something implanted in him and that it caused that's what that. i was thinking is like with that surgery or whatever mm-hmm. i mean like ooh, i mean and you can't just go back to the doctor for a follow-up right like yeah yeah <laughs> it's horrible well they talk about that a lot because they were saying philip actually i listened to more interviews from him and i would assume ronald feels about the same way where they were saying like at that time like you couldn't tell anybody about this stuff like there was no right alien ufo craze where people believed you like it was there was a, a ufo craze since like the 50s and people thought they were like cool stories but if you ever told anybody you were like, right there wasn't like a support group for you or anything yeah yeah so they they said a lot of times we couldn't tell our doctor we couldn't tell anybody Ugh. um and i think i heard this right in an interview but after this happened to ronald every two or three years after that experience ronald would see a ufo at some point and i i think it was more of like a distant noticing i don't like that i wonder encounter. if they want him to see it like we're still here 
that's always the creepiest part is the what is the intent of yeah. our awareness like do you want us to know or are, are we catching you and you're really say, bad or did at he this? like pass some weird veil where now he can see them and we can't oh you know what i mean like maybe he accessed something oh christine <laughs> i swear to god you're gonna give me the worst nightmares tonight happy so, birthday <laughs> so it was uh that was ronald's personal abduction and that was the second encounter now the third encounter that they had was philip's individual experience oh no so this actually happens years Imagine later your brother telling you about what happened and being like does that mean mine is coming next like oh yeah i that feeling I would... of like impending doom well he had impending doom for seven years oh my and... god and then right when you probably think you're safe yeah mm-hmm Ugh. I don't know if they, uh, I don't know when Ronald told Philip and vice versa. Right. Ronald must have said something to Philip because Philip pretty immediately tells Ronald about his experience. So I'm okay. thinking they at least had each other. But so anyway, the year is now 1989 and Philip has his personal encounter where he recalls it as, quote, not in any way benevolent. It was very truly a horrific experience and one I've never forgotten. That's so sad. They were both really, really tortured by this. Seriously. I'm sure they still are. Um, yeah. So um, they have been doing a, like an insane amount of interviews about it, though. So at least they're, you know, talking about it now. But yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine decades of keeping it to yourself. Of having to be quiet. Yeah. So Philip believes that he may have had a few more encounters, um, either more than Ronald or just more than he's aware of because he says there were a lot of odd events and leading up to those events um he would like something really weird would happen or he would find marks on his body or he would find marks that like didn't make sense and so he thinks that there were more abductions than he's aware of so it's um, like it's like I guess it's a good thing you don't remember but also yeah like how how invasive mm. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's better or worse, to be honest. Yeah, because also, I mean, like, like if they're getting marks on their body, you know something's happening yeah. to you. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, like, do you, you want to know? know? I don't, yeah. I don't think you, so, but. I don't think I'd want to know either. But then I'd be paranoid about, like, I would want to get x-rays every five seconds on every part of my Seriously. body. Being like, is there something here? Is there something here? Is there something here? And then if they didn't find anything, I'd be like, well, is it invisible to our technology? I would just live in constant. Constant paranoia. And I'm already clumsy. Like, I get mystery bruises all the time. So I would be like, oh, my God. Like, every cat scratch or like, oh, Oy. constant paranoia for sure. Well, so he does believe that there have been other events, but both of them have said, like, we're not here to, like, bullshit people. We just want to report facts. We don't want to report guesses. So right. they really only talk about these four encounters. Okay, interesting. Um, they do, like, they'll say anecdotally, like, oh, I'm pretty sure there were more. But right. on the record, officially, they're only talking, only talking about encounters they remember fully. Right. So his time comes when he's 20 years old. He's coming home from work and he walks into the kitchen and he, his siblings are there. He has his twin brother and then their sister is there. And he's just hanging out in the kitchen with them. And he says, all of a sudden, the energy changes and the air felt electrically charged. And he said many things happened at once. But the main thing is that he remembers looking at his brother 
his brother freezes, mm. paralyzed, looks up at the ceiling as if he can see something nobody else can, and says, there's going to be an earthquake or grandma's going to die. <gasps> oh, no. The dog starts freaking out. And down the hall, he could see glass doors. And through the glass, he sees this huge light come through the house. He thinks at first it might be his mom's headlights shining through the glass doors. <sighs> but the light grows so bright that the only way he can explain it is that eventually the light began to bend the door's glass. Oh, my God. And the glass became, quote, pliable like jelly. Okay, now they're just showing off. Yeah, right. How <laughs> for what? Like what? Like, open the door. It's like two days ago I was abducted and didn't even notice it. Now, like you really want to put on this put on performance for show. what? Yeah, then the monkeys come in juggling. It's like, well, great. Well, that really is its own story, like its own um, like thing to question, right? Of like, well, why before? Did you not have to put on the yeah. show? Or did you always put on the show and I've never known? And I've like, been asleep and I just didn't see it. And why this time am I able to see it? Or why uh, this time do you want me to see it? Oh, no. And so, uh, anyway, the light grows and grows. The glass of the door literally just does not exist, apparently. And his brother is still frozen looking at the ceiling and said that really awful string of words. Philip keeps looking down the hall while this is happening and sees a creature appear. No, not a creature. He describes it as, quote, a small three foot being all clad in black with an oversized helmet on its head. And it walked through the pliable glass and ran into our bedroom. His brother Ooh. comes. His brother comes out of this trance. The dog, I think, stops freaking out. And everything feels, I guess, like it's supposed to be going back to normal. But he is still so fucking on edge and saw this thing that yeah. Philip, Philip grabs a knife and tells the siblings, like, there's an intruder in the house. Which, like, good. And even it's, though it's Marvin the Martian and his big, big helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, honestly, that alone shows that he has more like gusto than i'll ever have because if that all happened to me the last thing i would even remember to do is grab a knife and go looking for the intruder i mean literally i don't know what like, i would do but nothing productive i just look you in the eyes and be like we gotta roll out we were <laughs> okay. it's been great it's been real it's been fun we're never coming <laughs> back into this house again no 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 and uh <laughs> but so they go looking for this creature that he saw run into the room and it wasn't there they couldn't find it great just what you need it's like it's like that thing when you see a spider and then you can't find it and like yeah. where could he be and now it's that but so much worse so much yeah except <laughs> the spider is going to maybe operate on you yeah um, <laughs> yeah seriously so he did say uh at he saw at one point that the creature darted from their room down the hall so he even looked he looked through the whole house and they never found anything great um but Later that night slash the next early morning, Philip wakes up in the middle of the night and finds himself floating. Forget it. He is out of his bed and he's floating out towards the hall. He was, quote, on my back. I can't move, but I'm being pulled forward. I'm fully conscious, but I'm not able to move as I'm being pulled through the kitchen glass doors, <gasps> through the glass doors. 
I'm wondering how it is that I'm able to pass through solid matter. Okay. So they came they came back into the jelly door thing all over again while he or was Or maybe they did the jelly door thing earlier and it created some sort of weird setup where later on they could bring him through it. Like maybe that was all the preamble. Mm. See, my thought was maybe they thought that if there's a procedure to abducting somebody and the first one is to like make them paralyze or freeze up or right. fall asleep. I feel like they forgot to flip that switch and they thought they had. So then they came down, made the doors jelly. They were going to abduct them. And then that little creature saw that one of them was awake and he <gasps> ran away. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. Interesting. Yeah, that actually makes sense, too. In and, the then worst they way. Till the, and then they waited till they were asleep and came back and tried again. Oh, That's yeah. my thought. I don't like because, that. Especially because I wonder if it's a twin thing. Because it's interesting that everyone else froze and even his right. brother froze. And maybe that was them switching on the, okay, let's disable him thing of like, <gasps> oh, but then yeah. they, maybe because they're identical twins, maybe it only worked on one of them and not the other or something. And so they came down. I don't know. I'm totally rambling, but that was my thought of like, oh shit, it didn't work. And Yeah, actually it does. I, I want to say make sense, but you know, in, yeah. in a very fucked up way, it makes sense. <laughs> But also, it could totally be your preamble idea could also totally work. Like that weird Martian was sent in advance to... Yeah. I have no idea, man. He was like the first guy on the ground to see if they were like totally like frozen and, and able to be like manipulated. Yeah, and all he's that. doing like a test run. I don't know. Oh. Hmm. Well, so anyway, he is now... It's <laughs> it's worked. And so the doors Excellent. are back to being jelly. He floats through the doors. Um, And... By the way, he says the dog this time was asleep for all this. So uh, oh, maybe he, he makes a joke of like, oh, maybe the dog just didn't give a shit after the first time. The dog but, was like, oh, our friends are back. Right. But also maybe they made sure the dog wouldn't be asleep. So they didn't have a threat to them. That's true. You know? I'm glad the dog wasn't traumatized at the very least. Yeah. At the very least. So the dog, not the dog, Philip floats through uh, the door. He's now outside. He got brought through his whole patio, through his whole house and got to the patio. He's now outside. He sees the sky. And when he's looking up at the sky, he sees that there's multiple UFOs all lit up and moving around him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Which feels like, did they bring the cavalry? Like, why are there so many UFOs for one person to be abducted? I don't know. Or do they all do this together like a little family? Like, Is it like they're doing their rounds as doctors' residents? Yeah. Like everybody's gathered to like watch a yeah. patient interaction? I don't know. That's so weird. It's very odd. And it makes me wonder, just like how you said earlier, like were they tapped into being able to see things that others can't? So are there always multiple UFOs, but you only oh, see right. one? Like, are, are they always? Right, right, right. Maybe he can see through the veil now all of a sudden. Well, he remembers thinking while he's looking up, he remembers thinking, wow, UFOs are real, but not being able to react because he couldn't move. Oh, no. Uh, of all the moving UFOs, there was one that was not moving. Okay. And it was gray. It was disc shaped. And once he saw it, his body was immediately being pulled towards it without oh. his control. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. As he approached this thing and got closer and closer, he started browning out. Eventually, he blacks out and doesn't remember anything. <sighs> he loses a big chunk of time, as far as he knows. And when he comes to, he finds himself in a medical facility. Oh, no. 
He said it was very hot. He was naked and he was strapped to a bed. And he said to his right, there were three reptilians. And in, uh, and in the UFO was also a gray. So there was a gray and three reptilians. Without going any further, he was essayed. And uh, when he, he said one of the more like embarrassing parts for him, which I hope he still doesn't feel embarrassed about this, is that when he later wrote an account about this and tried to get a book published, they told him to omit that part because nobody wouldn't understand what he was going through. God. Which, like, excellent. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, what the fuck? So, uh, it, by the way, like, hindsight, he's now written, like, I think 20 books or something. So he's, he, he's handling it. He's Good. getting his story out there. Good. So once it was over, um, the Gray then told him to get dressed and follow him to the door of the UFO. And he could look out and see... Once he got to the door, he could look out and see his village from above. <gasps> and he actually saw another craft that was closer to his house. Oh, um, no. And then he was told by the Gray to leave. And he was like, what do you mean leave? <laughs> like, and the alien was like, go down there. And he was like, you mean, he was like, you mean jump? Like, what do you mean? Literally. You want me to like skydive out of your UFO into my house? And he doesn't. He obviously didn't do it himself. He felt someone push him. Oh, no. And then he is also now falling out of a UFO. But what's interesting is uh, it sounds like Ronald was on his own floating down and having like this draw from the UFO where they brought him down gently. This time around, he was also being brought down gently, but he had two greys float down with him. Oh, weird. And when they got down... Uh, they told him not to look back. To like not look at the UFO. Would you look back? I don't know what I would do. Honestly, at that, I don't know what I would do. I think I wouldn't have even really registered whatever they had to say because I'd be processing true. so much yeah. more. I'd probably I, don't think I would look because I think I'd be like, I just want to get out of this situation. Yeah, I I think that might be what I'd do too. Mm. I could see myself not hearing them and just like involuntarily just accidentally looking back and then being like are you fucking kidding me we just said don't do that <laughs> you didn't say it loud enough <laughs> so when he did see another gray um or what he did see was another gray down once he landed so the two dropped him off and said don't look back and he sees another gray waiting for him oh god this gray is wearing a pointed hat He's wearing a one-piece khaki suit, so like, okay, romper. Yeah, love that for you. He's wearing knee-length boots, which I think is, I don't know if this is like a usual phrase in the UK, but the way that Philip described him was suited and booted, uh or <laughs> booted and suited or something. <laughs> and I was like, what a, what a way to put that. Um, oh, here it is. Suited and booted. I just looked it up. Yeah. It says, uh, it means, according to Cambridge University, Cambridge Dictionary, Dressed in formal clothes. Yep. Well, wow. he was suited and booted in a khaki suit, and kneeling boots, and a pointy hat. He was he feeling looked... himself, I think. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> or I wonder if that means he had like he had a different ranking or something. I don't know. Right. Right. He uh he also apparently looked a little different. Apparently, his face shape and his eyes looked a little different, and he eerily felt familiar. That's so... not good. I don't know what the deal is there, he, uh, but he felt familiar. 
And what Philip noticed was that this thing was angry at him. Oh. Like, had his arms folded. Uh, and Philip felt like someone had hit him in, like, his solar plexus. And, like, Ooh. he felt like the wind was knocked out of him. And he just knew that it was coming from this thing. And it was really mad at him. And Philip, he was like, I immediately wanted to, like, fucking punch this thing. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, how can you possibly be mad at me? Uh, this all, all this shit just happened to me. And, like, like what the hell did I do wrong? Yeah, I didn't even want to be here, and you're mad at me. So he wanted to, like, get violent with this thing. And I don't probably know. I wonder if they sensed that in him or could read his mind. I don't know. Mm. Which, like, that sucks, too, because you can't even have an emotion and without, without feeling and that, and unsafe. I wonder, that, I wonder that all the time when it comes to, like, the, the telepathic side of the alien encounters. Like, because how do you filter? and Can you filter anything out? Like, can you have any personal thoughts or... Is everything just going straight to them? Like every thought is unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. Oy. So he does think he's like, instead of like, he's, he's mad, but he's like, I just have to ask them a question. I have to do something. And so he said it felt very natural to assume it, this was a telepathic communication. So he didn't even have to think about it. He just right. knew if, if I'm talking, I'm going to do it telepathically. And he asked, how come I was able to get through the door? How come I was able to get through solid matter? Because I think he thought, if I can figure that out, then in hindsight, I can like try to start <gasps> doing my own research on their technology, or I can do my own research on like how Maybe advanced they are. Maybe myself in some way next time. Yeah. So his only question was, how did I get through the door? Yeah. And he says that this entity or this being, when he said that, looked fucking floored, looked shocked. <gasps> And I don't know if it's shocked that Philip was able to communicate with him or that Philip Yeah, was... like about what? Shocked about what? I wonder if he <laughs> I wonder if this thing felt shocked, like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be able to go through matter and like realize oh. that they like fucked <laughs> up their own that. plan. Like, wait, you can't always do that? <laughs> it's like, hang on a second, did we show Man. you too much of our hand? It hang sucks on. Sucks to be human. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he said that the the being even like his mouth went into an O. He was that shocked of like, <gasps> oh, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> which it really sounds like it, it in my mind. The alien looked like a, oh, I don't think I realized that we fucked up something like, yeah, we clearly some, or somebody dropped the ball. Somebody dropped the ball. Or I wonder if he was just shocked to like, oh, you were supposed to be asleep and you mm, saw that. You weren't supposed to see that. Yeah, that's interesting. So these people uh, need to get their shit together because every left and right, they need backup plans. And then, oh, no, he woke up like fucking handle your shit. They're falling asleep. Technology is glitchy. at They best. gotta figure it out. They need to put new batteries in their machines or something. <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink eating better is easy with factors delicious ready-to-eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes there's over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and, uh, uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. Anyway, he says, how come I was able to get through the door? This thing looks shocked, mm. looks at him for a moment and takes pause. And then looks up to the UFOs in the sky and tries to speak with its mouth. But what comes out, maybe the other aliens can understand it, but Philip did not know what was going on. Because what came out of his mouth was a garbled metallic rasp. Oh! And it didn't sound, it didn't make any sense. It was just sound emitting out of him. As this is still happening, Philip feels himself being pulled and floating again. And he's now being floated through his house, but while he's, and he even goes back through the glass, the jelly glass window, and as he's looking out of the window to see, he just wants to see for as long as he can, as he's floating away and into his bedroom, he looks out the window and he can still see it standing there, staring up at the ceiling and like this his mouth open making sound with that horrible metallic grinding noise okay mm-hmm. that like i bet the sound is like fucking nails on chalkboard like that's what i'm imagining has like, to be like a fork in a fucking whatchamacallit uh garbage disposal yeah yeah mm-hmm. has Ugh. to be the worst sound and to know that like they're just paused like that it feels like the end of a skit and it's just like holding on for a little too long or something it just Aww. feels it feels very very odd so philip then floats through his house uh he ends up um floating onto his bed which just like happened to ronald and all of a sudden he can move again and as he freaks out he gets up as soon as he gets up out of bed he has a nosebleed oh he later finds out that he now has three triangular marks behind his right ear which if i heard this right in his interviews they don't show up on camera they've tried to take a bunch of pictures and they won't show up which is interesting that feeds into your technology idea of maybe we're not supposed to be able to see that. Yeah, that is 
so gross that you would be able to hide something from a camera. Like, what does that mean? That means so many. That has a lot of implications. And Ronald can also see the marks, too. So there's that. What? Can anyone um, else see them? Do we I know? wonder. I wonder. If not, then I feel like a skeptic could use that very easily. Totally. It's like, oh, well, they're twins protecting each other or something. Totally. But they, they both can see it. And uh, he also said he has three marks on his right arm that burned. Um, he also had continuous nosebleeds for a while after all this happened. But they, And he also had trouble walking. Um, doctors, oh, it's all so upsetting. Doctors later discovered that there was actually something in his ear. And he refused to have it messed with. I think he was like, I don't want you to accidentally turn something on. I don't. Or, or maybe like I... if you take it out, then what, they're going to do it all over again. Like, yeah, yeah. Then they have to drag me back up there. Oh, yeah. So um, and for this is a really odd part, too. He said, I have no reason. I have no memory of anything that would allow me to feel so confident in this. But I have a very strong feeling that in the last year, whatever it was in my ear has actually been removed. Um, AKA he had another abduction and it was removed. Um, that's because, almost scarier that he just knows it without. Yeah. He said, I can't really unsettling. I'd like to see him like go to a doctor and get it like checked, checked again and again. see if they see anything there anymore. But he yeah. said, I can't explain it, but there was a, a time later on where me and my brother both found marks on our necks. And oh, after God. that, I just had a knowing that my the thing in my ear wasn't there anymore. So I think it's interesting. Um, first of all, that both of them woke up on the ship and couldn't be kept asleep. Mm -hmm. uh, they were both dropped right into their beds. And I think it was interesting that the parallel of Ronald in the kitchen at the beginning of all of this, freezing up, looking at the ceiling and saying a bunch of garbled string of words because their grandma did not die and there was no earthquake by the way so oh uh, yeah i forgot about that already but for him to just say that it was just like thought it's almost like they were trying to tap into like our language and they just like had like oh you know yeah. when you're when you're learning to type it'll just be a random sentence that you have to like type out or something yeah like the cat the brown fox jumped over over the lazy dog or something whatever the fuck <laughs> and uh and so i wonder if they were just like they had like some sort of like sample sentence to like tap into our language or something yeah it's, but, it's just the least alarming sentence ever grandma's gonna die and there's gonna be an earthquake let's try that yeah. one out for size just for <laughs> imagine fun. if you're typing that one on uh, in second grade being like oh grandma's I know, gonna die i know all of a sudden the floppy disk that we learned to type on is like <laughs> the lazy dog and the fox and also grandma's gonna die wait what <laughs> sounds like a bad horror movie so uh but it's interesting that it parallels the the gray at the end looking up and saying a bunch of garbled okay, stuff that we couldn't understand what if he was saying grandma's gonna die and there's gonna yeah. be an earthquake maybe that's like the code words I yeah don't maybe know. that they're like nobody would just say this. That has to be the password for us between it's a each other. Yeah, but but yeah. So it's. I wonder if they were tapping back into their own language before they left or something. Or I don't know. <sighs> One researcher actually thinks that this phenomenon was um, them trying to tap into our reality, or they were trying to intentionally scramble our reality, so that way they had more control Ew. over us or something, like to throw us off. That's bad. Anyway. There's all that, and now the last sighting happened in 2016. Oh, jeez. Um, so many years later, and this was April 8th. It was 
Uh, and this one's actually like pretty quick. I didn't, I feel like the information I got on this was nowhere near as in depth as the others. Huh. Um, but it was in 2016. It was coming up on midnight and the brothers were in the same car coming back from a birthday dinner with the rest of the family. They were the only two in the car though. And their niece who was driving either ahead or behind them saw these three objects in the sky Mm. and she called to tell them about it. But when she called to tell them, they could already see these objects and they were already floating above them. They're like, oh, don't worry. We fucking know. But thanks for the heads up. I feel like it's straight out of a movie of like, uh, yeah, don't worry. We figured it out. And then it like zooms out and they're like up in the sky. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the crafts were apparently, quote, three white objects hovering 90 to 100 feet above them. Oh, no. And Philip said they were huge and we were amazed, which is interesting that they're still amazed by this. You'd think, oh, fuck, not again. Seriously, like my first reaction would be panic, not like. At this point, like insert any textbook traumatic response. Like I'd be all of them. Fight, flight, fawn. Maybe that was the fawn. It was like, oh, what a cool spaceship you have. I love it. You're beautiful. Please don't, don't come near heart, me. Hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Despite all, and that was the whole thing that we know about that encounter was just okay. that they saw it together. I think they've they've drawn a few diagrams to show people what it is they saw. But despite all these encounters, the Kinsella twins did not publicly discuss any of their, you know, experiences until recently, the 2010s, um, partially out of fear of not being believed, especially because, like I said earlier, they're very no-nonsense, and they even say they can't explain what happened to them. Uh, But fun fact, one of the people who has helped them through all of this is actually the niece of Barney and Betty Hill. No way! Is like one of the... I covered them a while ago, but they're one of the most famous uh, alien abduction stories. Kentucky, right? Yeah. And so... Where... Can I ask if you know whether... where? uh ronald and philip lived in the uk oh oh, okay um i don't know the uk well enough to bravely say a place yeah no i i just curious yeah i didn't realize what uh whether they were here or abroad uh i don't know if they live here now or but at the time of their experiences they were in the uk um and like i said earlier they think their previous there were previous experiences when they were kids that they're unaware of um, and they wonder if their being twins is involved in their abductions, especially because, fun fact, their abductions, their individual ones, were seven years apart, and they were born seven minutes apart. Ew. I don't know what it means, but I don't like it. That's what they said. They were like, I don't know if that's a coincidence, <laughs> but I hate it. Yeah. Um, one way that they've gotten their story out is through writing and art. Um, Ronald, especially with art, he draws the beings that he saw. Um, and he actually, he's really good with like 3D modeling programs. And so he's actually been able to create like 3D models of. Oh, good for him. Yeah. That's a so good way theory, to process it, I guess. Well, also like if it's 3D, I feel like you can really get into the details of like what this thing looks like. like right. It's not just like a stick figure. It's like, I could print this out and it's make like, it an action figure for you. I can see pores on this thing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's gotten into art a lot and both of them have gotten into writing. They have a website. Um, it's the called the Kinsella twins.com and they have like easily like 20 books on there that they've written wow. either together or individually. 
Um, and a lot of them are either about the experience or they are inspired off of the experience. They have a lot of like sci-fi books they've written now. Yeah. Um, and when asked about all this, they started sharing their podcasts made or they started sharing their experience mainly on podcasts. Mm. Um, they also share their theories of what happened. They actually host a UK radio show called twin souls. And cool. I don't know if it's still, if they're still making new episodes, but you know, worth the, the look. I, yeah. I, and they also talk a lot about their research and ufology, ufology. And so, um, after all this happened, they really leaned into the wanting to know more. Um, and it kind of became part of their whole future is just doing research uh, on UFOs and aliens. And Philip said, there are hundreds of thousands of people that have had their own unique experiences. And I kept wondering why, because there's no revelation from this. There's no clues as to their origins or where they uh -huh. come from or why they're here or what they're doing. So this is why I wanted to look at the subject matter outside the box, outside mm. the normal framework. Um, where people assume a UFO is from another planet and is very physical in nature. I'm not saying they're not physical, but this led me into areas of psychic exploration, consciousness, and also interdimensional hypotheses. Oh, sure. I, <laughs> I think we're dealing with something that's more than what Hollywood has led us to believe the phenomena is. So, Holy crap. So he thinks it... Uh, I do like his outlook on, like... He's very open-minded to anything as possible in terms of looking for answers. Right. Because um, he very much seems like, I think he said it in part of the interview where he was like, there's been decades of people being abducted and we, we assume that they're just from outer space, but we've made no big, there's no big milestones that have come out of our research assuming things like that. So maybe it's not from oh, interesting. outer space. Like, let's maybe. try a new angle altogether. Yes. And so wow. he's very much, um, he's very pro any answer could be right. We have to look at everything. Interesting. So he's even looked at if uh, these aliens are part of afterlife and if they're, are you dealing with oh. something from a, something from another realm? Um, he has wondered if they are like, they are able to manipulate time and space in a way that we can't. And so they jump timelines. Right. And maybe the same aliens from the fifties are the ones that are still here right now dealing with us instead of another generation of them, or maybe yeah. they're one collective consciousness. Or, um, he also said that he realized later in life that he was a sensitive and that messed with him a lot because one he was like oh maybe I, I inherited that from grandma uh -huh. <laughs> but and then that makes you think shit did grandma have things going right. on she didn't talk about because she seemed real quick with that answer I love on that she's like it's just fairies yeah and maybe she had had her own and that stories probably sucks for her too because she's like no like i don't want my mm -hmm. grandkids to go through this yeah Ugh. and and he also thought like so maybe it came from grandma or maybe this just maybe i had it in me and it was never you know tapped that activated. like I, yeah and then maybe it was activated as a result of the abductions oh yeah that's an interesting thought because there is a common theory that those who've been abducted are quote left with a residue of psychic phenomenon oh interesting which we've, we've heard that a million times of like oh someone gets abducted and all of a sudden they have these weird senses yes. or they just feel like they're more in tuned with things and or they have a knowing about things yes and Philip said, uh, it's almost as if the force or intelligence behind this phenomena 
is when it rips through our space-time continuum and perhaps there's other alternative dimensions that are left open for a short period of time that seep through into us. So he... Well, he's thinking about every possibility here, but it is interesting that like maybe if you're already crossing those boundaries, maybe other doors are open and you have access to things others don't. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean, I feel like we've had stories like that where people, I mean, you just said it, but like where people go through something like this and then suddenly it's like, oh, they can see UFOs everywhere or Mm -hmm. they have suddenly ESP and so they may... Yeah, so a lot of his theories are that they may come from another planet. Maybe they're connected to the afterlife or another realm we're unaware of. Maybe they jump timelines. Maybe they're able to jump into our consciousness. Maybe they're one consciousness. Maybe they jump through our memories and try to manipulate us that way. But he did say he's he's very invested into the research because he thinks every area must be explored. So I love that. Thorough. That is that is the Kinsella twins and their UFO shit. encounters. So do you does he feel like do you know if he considers them to be malevolent? Uh or is that like unclear? I don't I think in an interview I heard him say I don't know. Okay. So it, it seems I, I really I don't know if he doesn't know, but um sure. I know he did not like what they were doing to right, him up I there. Mean, I consider them fucking malevolent because they're just taking children and doing quote unquote operations on them. So I mean, and he said, you know, openly, like, oh, I was R-worded by these things. And I it mean, was not yeah, he, yeah. he even said it was not benevolent and I right. did not want any of this. So I think maybe I don't know if he has to compartmentalize like that was malevolent, but this part isn't, or right. maybe all of it is. I don't know. Oh God. I mean I have no idea. So um, Dear Lord, that is terrifying. But they have I thought originally, because this is one of those stories where, like, I couldn't find anything, um, like, news-wise, or, like, usually I try to go off of articles, and this was one that I really had to go, it was pretty much fully podcast-based. Oh, wow. But they have, I mean, I thought, oh, I'm going to listen to all the interviews they've done, and then I'll have all the information, but they've done, like, 50 podcasts, and I was like, and every podcast is, like, an hour and a half long minimum, so I was like, okay, well, this is the best I can do with the time we have, but... Interesting. uh, But the the stories, a lot of their um, time on podcasts is them talking about the theories versus their stories, so... Do you... Wow. Do you... How do you spell kins? Is it Kinsella? Yeah, K I N S E L L A. Got it. Okay. Um. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely gonna look into that Kinsella Twin podcast. Um. Wow. Um. Yeah. I will Holy warn shit. you. I'll say real quick. I had to be really choosy with the um podcasts I used for their interviews. A lot of people who hosted those podcasts seem to be, um. Maybe a little too deep in a rabbit hole that I don't mm. want to promote, if you know what I'm saying. Um, it felt a little, I felt like so, some of the people maybe are a little too um, extremist on the wrong side of history. I'm Okay, so we're getting some QAnon vibes, maybe? We're getting some QAnon vibes, gotcha. which I, I feel like that's such a, an easy trap to fall into if you're in the UFO world, because I... Definitely believe that there's something going on in outer space, and I want to believe people who have absolutely stories of abductions. But then I think you find yourself in um, some very interesting. It, there's like circles. a crossover there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. just warning you before you go into those podcasts, I do not promote um, 
yeah really no, too I, many of them I appreciate so. the heads up i feel like that happens sometimes with and you had talked about that in the q episodes of that that weird pipeline of like new age beliefs to fringe q yeah, yeah yeah to like extremist stuff so that is a great point and like there was freaky. there was one interview they did which i'm not you know poo-pooing on you know how they choose which interviews they go into or anything like that i that's not my business but they uh there was one that i was trying to listen to and within five minutes they were talking about like all the democrats and i was like okay well (laughs) this is this is not the one i'm gonna be enjoyable thing to listen to while i sweep my floor and vacuum and do some chores the ones I got interviews from were ones that felt like okay whatever whatever version I could align best with those were the ones I tried to go with but understood just warning you before you do your own deep dive I absolutely appreciate the uh the heads up and I'm sure all of the others people do as well yeah before people think I like enjoy these podcasts I was listening to you know oh lord um M wow that was a fucking doozy yeah well I. You I'm glad that it. you liked it because I it. I was really stressing. I was like, I want to do something birthday. And I thought for every, do you know how many people said I needed to do a 2.0 on the Hersene shifter? I was like, I, my brain can't possibly <laughs> no. do that again. Yeah. And um, I feel like I would have figured that out right away this time. Oh yeah. I think you're too, uh, I'll have to do it in like a decade or something. One yeah. day when you're like, you're old and withered and you're maybe your, your my brain mind- is not where it used to be. <laughs> I'll tell you all about the tales and the adventures of the Hersene Shifter and you'll be blown away. I'll be in the nursing home like, oh, it sounds like a beautiful creature. (laughs) (laughs) I recently listened to a chunk of it again and you just were so wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. You you were just like, I so align with this. I love this creature. the word is so, so dumb. (laughs) No, you were just, you were, because I, I, blissfully ignorant. You were just like, wow, how come I've never heard of this thing? It sounds so lovely. <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's so weird how it wears Rothy's and listens to Fall Out Boy. Hang on a second. I it's- think uh, it was the, the most endearing part when it was when I said like, oh, it gets lost all the time and drops all of its like pr- prized possessions. Or Oh, God. It, and you were just like, oh, my God, that sounds so much like me. If this were if this were a person, I'd want to be friends with them. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. And I also feel like the the part that was embarrassing, too, is like, I was like so confused why you weren't more impressed about all the... I was like, Em, are you hearing this? Like, it sounds just like me. And you were like, hmm, yeah, I guess so. And you kept going. And I was like, how is how are you not reacting like this is so crazy? Well, I had a plan. It got ruined. But I had a plan originally that I was going to like... If I if I gave it away at all, then it was gonna like ruin the surprise later. Whereas I told more of the hints, it was supposed to like become more of an aha moment. Right. And there was there was one of the lines I was gonna say something where like that was when I kind of started hinting that I was in on it. Yeah. But it all got ruined. So I like didn't know I didn't know how to keep it together. But it was anyway. hard. It was hard. Um. It was a good time. Wow. Um. You really nailed it. And I'm uh. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Well, I'm excited. You said this is also birthday themed. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm it's ready. a special birthday gift for you. Um, I today I'm nervous. My palms are sweating. Why? I'm covering a story about a family called the Duggers. Ah! Oh my god! 
I oh told Molly Ann, our researcher, months ago, like, this is the episode that is coming out on our birthday, uh, on our birth- both of our birthdays. I need to do this. So, like, please, can we arrange for it to... So, while Molly Ann was working on the notes and, like, some of the research, I was, like, deep diving on YouTube and all these channels and trying to learn everything and i know for a fact i will probably have about 0.01 percent of any knowledge that you have so i told molly and like let's leave plenty of room for em to like <laughs> fill us in on the additional that's very lovely because in my head i was just having like a deep heart to heart no, with myself it's being your like birthday. I kept, I really was like, you need to make sure you keep your mouth fucking no, shut during this. No, this is a gift to you for your birthday. I want you to be as thoroughly involved. <laughs> and the notes are not very, like, they're they're normal length. But I feel like there is any and Years. all openings for you to just kind of pop in and add your expertise. Um, wow, and I, I'm I want sweating. you to, because I know there's stuff that, like, I only know on the peripheral and that you really <sighs> have a better understanding of okay okay I, i'm like i'm so so i guess if you don't know this about m as like just <laughs> if you're like what is this weird present that's the world's worst present no it's not because <laughs> m has an affinity for the duggar family media presence i don't know i don't know the right way to put it this is where I remind people again, I do not condone them. I do not support them. I do not give money to even watch the episodes or anything like that. I just happen to be, I just have this sick fascination with trying to understand. It came from, so I, I started when um started watching them when I was like in college and it wasn't even a concept of like Christianity and, and you know, fundamentalism and purity right. culture and all it really was just like how does a family with 19 children operate? Right. And which I think and, is what drew a lot of people in. Yeah, and eventually I just watched so much of it. I got invested in the Attached lives of all these kids. To the children. Yeah. And so now I'm just and as things are coming out and like cuz there's they've had a bunch of scandals and like there's all these not all of them but a few children have like started to leave the family or they don't say that but they're slowly stepping aside and kind of telling their yeah. version of what's going on. So I'm just like, I'm, we all know I love drama. So I have been invested in for quite some time. It really is like the perfect crossover. I mean, and I, I will say, I feel that I was unfairly critical of your interest in this family because I just, I will be the first to admit I didn't really get it. Like I didn't, I was like, what? They just go to church and you watch them be like hateful <laughs> toward queer people. Like I don't get it. But after doing all this research and like, you know, learning about, how the show was framed and like how the kids have grown and like like I get it I do get it I get it I mean I watch horrible shows like true crime shows all the time because no I don't condone what's going on but it's like a fascinating insight into humanity Um, yeah it really is this is probably my hey that's the gift right there is just I get it and I wow. apologize for forever <laughs> critiquing you. And I, I didn't cri- I critique you in a jokey way, but like yeah, still, yeah. I was very like, what's wrong with you? But no, I, I <laughs> listen, I take it back. And like, I guess this is my point um, on my birthday to announce that I've been watching a lot of Vanderpump Rules, um, <laughs> which is something I swore I would never do. And I would say, I don't understand why all these people from different walks of life in my life 
Renee, Eva, my my neighbor, Anne, like all love the show. And so finally I was like, okay, there are enough pe- different people yeah. who watch this that there must be something to it. Started watching it. I got two episodes in and I was like, this is such a waste of my fucking time and life. <laughs> this is such trash. Suddenly it was three o'clock in the morning. I'd finished the entire first season in one night. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm in it now. And I <laughs> Eventually, am currently on season five. And this girl. was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so it's sick. Okay. And, and I feel like I have a lot of backtracking to do here. Walking back some of my like kind of judgment on people's tastes in TV, which like, I, you know, it wasn't meant to be harsh ever, but I just, I think I just didn't <laughs> get it. And now it's I'm like, okay. Okay, I get it. You know, it happened. Something eventually, something bites each it of us clicked. with the with the reality shows. It yeah. fucking clicked, and I'm like, I don't know what what this means for me in the future, where I'm gonna go and develop from <laughs> here in my relationship with sh- shitty trash TV. But you know, I'm uh, I'm thriving, and I'm trying my best. Yep. Yep. Anyway, yep, yep. this is a story about the Duggars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'm really nervous because, like, this is your fucking expertise. So please no. jump in if there's a correction, um, if there's, like, a, a crazy fun fact that I totally missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And, and um, with- yeah, I do want to say, going into this before anyone judges me, I just want to say, if I sound excited, it is not because, again, I do not. I'm only excited because we're now finally talking about something I, like, have like a dirty little interest in no i mean it's like it's not a true crime show so it's like you know you get excited about a story because it's like oh okay. wow this is something i know about and this is something i can discuss and like it's just like insight it's, and it's also it's been a show that's been on since like the early 2000s so yeah. it's been years of just like being in the know of this family so if i sound excited i swear to god like i i do not like this family i just like this family you know i what like mean? totally 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 okay. get it okay yes um, just before people I'm, think i'm like against the right side of history and all yeah that. and i'm glad that you said that because i feel like maybe somebody didn't need to hear that um but yeah so i mean without further ado let's just jump right in so the way that uh i'm gonna approach this is from kind of the early days of this family and how mm-hmm. things kind of developed um so we'll start with good old jim bob uh, <laughs> every time I hear that name, I'm like, that can't be right. Re- that can't be real. It never, it never gets good. Just so we're clear. It never gets good. Okay, great. So Jim Bob Duggar was born in 1965 to Jimmy Lee and Mary Duggar in Springdale, Arkansas. He was their second child with an older sister. And we don't know too much. I say we don't know too much. Maybe M has some deep insight, but we don't know too much about his childhood. It's a little vague on the details, um, but his father was apparently so bad at handling money in the family that his mom once had to cook decorative rice, like from a decoration to feed the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, obviously a very traumatic situation and he sought refuge and community in his local Baptist church. And that is where he was introduced to the religion and or i guess to religion in general and that is uh when he became extremely active as a member in his local church mm-hmm. when jim bob was 17 he met 16 year old michelle ruark rourke 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 while he was walking door to door with a friend uh just kind of visiting potential new church 
con- converts. I don't know, like trying to bring the word of Jesus to the neighbors, I guess. <laughs> and Michelle herself didn't come from a particularly religious home, but uh, she had recently chosen to convert to the Baptist church, a.k.a. she'd been saved. So Jim Bob went to her house to invite her to Sunday school and was instantly taken by her. Uh, as soon as he left her house, he prayed, Lord, I would love to be her spiritual leader. Can she be mine? Vomitous. Yeah. Vomitous. And he, it is funny in interviews because he'll say like it was love at first sight. And then in her interviews, she'll be like, I didn't remember him. <laughs> Literally the next bullet. Awkwardly, in an interview, Michelle admits she doesn't even remember their first meeting. So mm-hmm. clearly he did not have quite the most striking effect that she had on him. <laughs> yeah, It's okay. It happens. Um, but luckily for Jim Bob, Michelle applied for a position at the yogurt shop that Jim Bob's mother managed. Mm-hmm. So this was totally by chance. And he told his mom to please give Michelle the job. And that way they had like a more of a connection now. And they started hanging out. And it was one night after a four hour long conversation about the Bible that they started officially dating. Because what could be more romantic than that? I can't think of a single thing. I'm going to tell Allison we have to start over. (laughs) Be like, this is, we're doing a refresh. Let's start from square one. Get your Bible out. Starting at Genesis, page one. God. Jim, Bob, and Michelle were married in July of 1984. This was months before Michelle even turned 18, so she was still a youngin'. And this is where the Duggar story, the Duggar family story, I should say, as we know it, truly began. (laughs) So the Duggars kicked off their marriage working in real estate, and they invested in properties to make money. And on March 3rd of 1988, they had their first child, a beautiful baby boy whom they named Joshua James Duggar, a.k.a. Josh, mm-hmm. a.k.a. The villain trash, of the story. Trash. So Michelle used birth control between pregnancies because they were trying to plan when they would be ready for their second child. Uh, Unfortunately, her second pregnancy ended in a miscarriage, and so the couple consulted a doctor who told them, interestingly, that using birth control can cause miscarriages. Uh, (laughs) And I would just like to take this moment to uh, (laughs) explain to everyone there is absolutely zero empirical evidence to suggest that birth control causes miscarriages um, or that taking it in between pregnancies has any effect whatsoever. Uh, So Michelle, I guess, heeded the words of this doctor and quit using birth control. So in 1990, she then gave birth to her twins. Do you Mm -hmm. know the the twins' names? Oh, come on now. I'm I'm trying to do like a fun (laughs) pop quiz, but I also don't want to just keep putting you on the spot. Oh, no, I could I could run through all 19 if you want. But it's Jana and John David. And I will say they um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh so she actually uses that as part of her testimony. I don't know if you get to that of like why they had so many kids because she felt so guilty about the miscarriage uh-huh. and th- and blaming birth control for it. Oh God. And uh, and so that was when they decided that they were going to trust the Lord with how mm. many children they would be having. And so then because they committed their life to never using any form of birth control again. They think that God blessed them with yep. twins to make up for the lost baby. That's so, right. 
Yes. Just to to give more clarity on like why the twins were such a magical experience for them. Nailed it. Nailed it. So they took the twins, like you said, as a sign from God that they would be rewarded and blessed with many children if they left family planning in Mm -hmm. capital H, his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Literal literal capital pronouns okay yes yeah uh so they decided to forego any form of contraception at this point um and however many children they would have was up to god Mm -hmm. delightful Mm -hmm. so from 1991 to 1997 they had six more children m what are their names you want just the first six (laughs) so we have the first two uh right joshua we have three josh josh oh yeah the twins and then they had the other three are, uh, it's, I can only rattle them off from the beginning. Why don't you just do the whole thing, maybe? Josh, Jan, John, David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah. <laughs> so embarrassing. Josh, Jan, John, David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joanna, Jedediah, Jan, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, J- oh my God. I've never gotten to do this in real time. Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan, and Josie. That's insane. <laughs> I always thought I could fire them off. Um, immediately without laughter in the middle but i'm realizing how ashamed i am at the same time no don't be ashamed you were put on the spot uh and if any anyone should be ashamed it's not you in any of these scenarios so don't worry don't believe you but the first six if you were asking is josh john david jill jessa and ginger with a j which is christine's favorite of them all kills me (laughs) when m first told me ginger and i went oh but ginger and m goes oh no it's ginger with a j and i went that can't be real like are you fucking kidding me because obviously i don't know if you caught on folks but all of the kids names start with j yeah it's cool well so they started with josh and then they accidentally liked Jana and john david so by the fourth kid they're like well we can't we can't not use a j and they kept just having kids and they're like, oh, shit. But also, keep- <laughs> like you and I have talked about this, I think with Eva, too. Like there are so many names that start with J that are more that they normal didn't use. than Ginger. Like, oh, they like they could have used like uh, like Julia or something. Like, right. Like there's so many options that are actual names that start they're- with J. On Reddit, every now and then, there's a uh, a form of like, what are the J names that they missed? And it's like right. normal names, like Jake, Joel. Like Jacob is even like, isn't that like a religious name or something? Yes, it is a biblical name. So there, there Jesus. Are... Can you imagine? Anyway. <laughs> Somebody would say Jesus, and they'd be like, "That's not correct." Oh I think my god, that probably was too far for them. Are they uh, Jezebel? No, I don't know. <laughs> Jezebel, I think, I don't probably know. is the arch nemesis of this family. They did have a twentieth uh, who was. Um, they ended up losing that baby, but oh. uh, they also went with the name Jubilee. So just to show that, like, they really were just neglecting a lot of J names that are used normally. So yeah, Jubilee. I mean, I guess at least it's a word. It is a word, yeah. And ginger is a name, but also spelled <laughs> wrong. So, you know, they're sort of almost there. You know what but I mean? Even on the 20th kid, they were they were testing the waters. Yeah, they were really pushing it. And you know what? Whatever. It's none of my business. But uh, I just always thought that was such a wild fun fact. Ginger with a J. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 
1998, Jedediah Robert and Jeremiah Robert Mm -hmm. became their second set of twins. So now they are at nine children Mm -hmm. by 1998. Michelle and Jim Bob subscribed to the Quiverful Movement. Uh, That was 11 kids by 1998. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Just just to tell you, it's eleven. it was 11 kids under 10 or something. It was something crazy. Molly Ann, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm clearly just bad at math. So Jeremiah Robert, that was their second set of twins. After so nine children. Six, so they had 10 and 11. Seven, eight. Okay. Six. Oh they God. had Josh, Jana, John, David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joanna, Jedediah, Jeremiah. Got 11. you. And that's 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think maybe there was a confusion with the twins getting. Yeah. yeah. So Michelle and Jim Bob subscribed to something delightful called the Quiverful Movement, uh, mm. which comes from a certain psalm. Do you know the psalm? I don't have it memorized, but and I'm sure you have it written down. It's yes. essentially that a, a man should keep his quiver full mm-hmm. and his his quiver being essentially his. He should have a, a his family. P- his PP. Mm-hmm. He's just, <laughs> his quiver full he should have a, like as many arrows as you can in some yes. way and essentially you're building your army of god with That's as many right. children as you can have yeah so it's psalm 127 and it goes as follows behold children are a heritage from the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth happy is the man who has his quiver full of them mm-hmm. So Woof. the goal of the Protestant strictly anti-birth control quiverful movement is essentially to have and raise as many conservative Christian children as possible to represent their views in what some call a raging culture war. So kind of hinting at what you said of like creating God's army mm-hmm. uh, under your own roof to like fight back against uh, cu- cultural, I don't know, developments that are not godly, I suppose. Mm -hmm. According to an article on the Quiverful website, marital fertility is the most important indicator of social health. If people are having babies outside of marriage or married people aren't having babies at all, society is in big trouble. Okay, not great. Not a good look. Not at all. Vicki Garrison, a former member of the movement who now speaks out against it, says, quote, the wife is obligated to provide sex to her husband on demand. Your mm-hmm. body does not belong to you and you are just required to submit to that. And that's just one of many of the very upsetting aspects of this, quote unquote, religion. So I, I, I don't know if you'll get to this. I have a hunch you will. But in. The most recent news of the Duggars is that one of the daughters has been coming out and talking about how she has stepped away from that in- intensity of uh, conservative Christianity. Is it Ginger? Mm-hmm. With yeah. a J. Ginger with a J. <laughs> I, lo- and- I knew I loved her from the moment you said her name <laughs> to me years ago. I was like, that one's going to go places. Oh, do you talk about free Ginger at all? No. Oh, my God. This is okay. the problem is like, I was, I felt so bad, but I was like, Molly and like, we could it's, make this a multi-parter, but I feel like it's okay. We, we didn't know so, how to address it, so we've kind of had to condense it a lot. That's okay. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm respectful, not totally screaming no, over no, you the take, whole time. Take listen, it's your day. Well, it's literally your day. My day was yesterday when this yeah, comes out. <laughs> listen, it's about it's a it's a belated birthday gift. 
Thank you. Well, so free. So there was years ago when the all the kids were still kids and they hadn't grown up and had their own families. They uh, would go to a lot of like press junkets or they would like be asked to go on the news and promote something. And so they would go to New York every now and then to do like Good Morning America or something. Mm. And during their show, which I know you'll get to eventually because they had a reality show, uh, they filmed Ginger or they filmed all the kids saying like, oh, what do you think of New York? Because it's so different from rural conservative Christian Arkansas. What do you Mm. think of the big city? And all of them were like, I prefer the country. I prefer the country. And Ginger was like, I kind of like the city. And she said something as vague and simple as that. And the world took it by storm. And oh, they, no. everyone was like, Ginger wants out of the family. <gasps> like every, everyone was like, if anyone's going to leave, it's going to be Ginger. Just yeah, because like of that. She's given, she's hinted at her dissatisfaction. So then there was this website that came out a long time ago <gasps> and is still often mentioned called freeginger.com. <laughs> oh my God. Does this still exist? I'm going right now. It does it. I think it might still. Does it? Let me see. It's uh, not looking good because it's just kind of spinning on me. Free ginger. I spelled it right. I mean, Freeginger.org. Oh, .org. Oh, I'm sorry. so sorry. God forbid. <laughs> it oh, should be it .gov is. at this point. It's literally the icon above is her family and then her running away. Running away. <laughs> also, I love that like they put a suicide prevention lifeline right up top, which is awesome. They... Um, uh- and wow. it's it became originally it was like now it's still a form where they talk about the quiverful movement and like how yeah. you know damaging that is. But so it became this whole thing because she simply was neutral to New York City. People just were like, she's she the one that's going to get away. Trying to be polite, like, oh, I think it's a nice town. And yeah. Like, Holy and, shit. And ever since then, she's even had to like address free ginger and been like, I like I and you know what? By the way, like the secret is that she ended up really liking new york she ends up getting proposed to in new york one day (gasps) she says she wants to move to a city all of her siblings knew she was like the city girl of them all and now she lives in los angeles so okay see i yep see but so there was something it's just a coincidence but i'm sure there's a lot of people who think like no we knew from the beginning with free ginger so yeah i love it somebody was like i fucking called it and don't (laughs) you forget it i am the uh webmaster of freeginger.org and (laughs) i knew soon to be dot gov gov and i knew i knew what i was doing um so speaking of the Quiverful movement, uh, their official site also includes fact sheets about the danger of using contraceptives mm-hmm. uh, because birth control pills prevent a fertilized embryo from implanting in, quote unquote, the mother's womb. Uh, and they believe that life begins at conception, at fertilization. Quiverful considers birth control to be full stop abortion. Mm-hmm. And according to their site, uh, given the scale of these, quote unquote, silent abortions based on the millions of women worldwide using various drugs and devices, uh, what we are considering here, this is according to their website, is truly a pharmaceutical holocaust Oh, is how they Oof. refer to people using contraceptives. Damn. Yes. It, they equ- equate it to having an abortion because you are preventing fertilization yeah makes i mean i understand the reference of it's like oh it's like an infant genocide yes which is what they call abortion or pro pro pro-choice movement i mean there's a lot of sticky and icky 
language around all this. Um, very, well, I, very toxic. So one of the reasons I mentioned Ginger early and then I obviously went on a tangent is uh, because now that she's kind of, she's not fully deconstructing her faith. Uh, she is still very much a conservative Christian, but just not part of that movement. Mm, okay. But she, but she has said um, like living in the fundamentalist uh, quiverful movement now that she is stepping away and like kind of reinventing what she thinks the role of a woman should be. She was raised just thinking your whole job is to be a mother. Your whole job is to submit to your husband and you need to be, uh, what do they say? Joyfully available for him Ew. At, at all moments. But when you also like, you don't believe in uh, birth control, you're pretty much your only option is to have as many children as possible I mean, because you don't get to say no and you don't get to not be pregnant if it happens. And so, right, exactly. Uh, and she has, uh, there have been a few people, few of the siblings who now are team birth control and family planning and things like that. But she said that that was a big struggle for her because her whole life she was indoctrinated into thinking, I'm going to have as many children as possible, whether or not I like it. So, yeah, just wild. Does she have any children? She has two. Okay. And she is not to like, you know, question too much like someone's, you know, family life or anything like that. But she has openly said that they're using some sort of birth control. I don't know what type. It could just be like natural family, family planning. planning. But, but they she said, um, which doesn't sound like a big statement to most people, but people in that world, mm. it's a huge statement where she has said, like, I don't want a lot of children and like yeah children are a blessing but you're allowed to be grateful for just like some blessings and like you don't need all the blessings and like you don't need abundance and blessings so and to have had like the trauma of helping raise your siblings i mean we'll mm -hmm. get into that but like oh yeah oh, i yeah. mean look, look of course you don't want to repeat that and then live that out again in your own family yeah she's like i'm sure she hasn't said it but i'm sure she's thinking like i already raised 19 kids like right, i'm literally done. I'm great done. point yeah great point sorry i'm stress eating candy <laughs> that's okay that's okay i'm i'm wow i'm just so excited about this topic okay i'm so happy i didn't want you to feel like i was like taking over your territory no, please. so right so quiverful considers birth control to be abortion they consider the use of contraceptives as a holocaust of mm -hmm. fetuses uh the duggars actually for what it's worth deny being part of the quiverful movement mm -hmm. publicly but the, publicly but at the same time on their official website they reference psalm 127 ab <laughs> about the fucking quiverful of children and that was in response to a question about why they decided to have a big family so if they're not in the quiverful movement they're at least creating their family based on that bible verse so it, it's a little confusing mm -hmm. um it feels like they're not doing a good job of lying about it like it's literally on your website i yeah i i wonder when that got put on their website because i wonder if it was after the show got canceled and they didn't have to like really hide it anymore mm -hmm. i don't know maybe i don't know maybe um likewise fun fact Quiverful fully endorses the Duggars and even sells Duggar merchandise on their website, <laughs> which is like so embarrassing. <laughs> it's 
also embarrassing that the doggers are like, no, we're not part of that. And Quiver yeah, right. like, we love our favorite supporters. <laughs> they're our icons. They are our <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, again, they're not doing a very good job of hiding this uh, right. affiliation. So, regardless of any official affiliation or non-affiliation, the, Duggler, the Duggars did publicly model Quiverful's extreme patriarchal beliefs to their children. So the Duggar girls grew up learning that it is God's will for them to serve the men in their lives, including mm -hmm. their own brothers. Mm -hmm. The girls were not allowed to wear pants, only skirts. Uh, it was their responsibility to dress modestly so they wouldn't cause men to stumble on the path mm -hmm. to God. And in one of their books, the Duggar said they used the code word. Do you know what it is? Nike! You're so smart, Em. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I knew you would just nail my little pop quiz. <laughs> You're this, is the like, this is easy. <laughs> this is the only place where like I would dominate in trivia, it's unfortunately. It's like those themes where they do like Harry Potter trivia, the office trivia. Like you need to get involved in some sort of Dugger trivia because you probably quiverful, nail it. <laughs> quiverful fundamentalist Christianity trivia. Say, maybe they'll do that in LA. And then I was like, actually, that's probably not the right audience. <laughs> oh boy. Um so the code word Nike, as M said, was used to warn the boys to look down at their shoes if an attractive or a scantily clad, in their mind, uh, woman walked by. They had to do that a lot in New York City. In oh, that I betcha. I betcha. Where if they were walking, because there were billboards everywhere and there were people like with their shoulders showing because girls oh, couldn't God. wear anything without sleeves. Um, and so they... The girls or the parents who have to say Nike and all in a, like an alley line. They're all in like one line, at, like walking down the street, and all the boys are just looking at their shoes and like just because uh. they just can't look. Uh, I can't even get into it. It's really disturbing. Um, but by the way, in case you're wondering, because like, like even when they go swimming, they have to wear cl like full clothes. Oh, like no, and I think they think that even like swim shorts are, um. Uh, not modest enough for men and so they would all go swimming like there's episodes multiple episodes of them going to the beach in their jeans swimming no! in jeans swimming, swimming in, in jeans no swimming in jeans at the beach no and, like it was bananas honestly that's too far like yeah all the patriarchy stuff like whatever that's Take a normal day it. swimming in jeans in, really... at the beach i i no longer have any support of these people after that too much so women and girls, if you haven't guessed, were responsible for men's reactions to their bodies. If a mm -hmm. man makes unwanted sexual advances, well, then why were you tempting him and what were you wearing? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if a, if a husband cheats on his wife, well, then why were you not being tempting enough? And why were you not pleasing or satisfying him in the bedroom? So yep. it's like a catch-22, you know what I mean? It's, all, it's never the men's fault, always the woman's fault. Right. So in the Duggar world, girls are raised to fear and avoid sexuality until they're married, in which case they should suddenly be fully accessible at all times to their husbands. Mm -hmm. In 1999, Jim Bob dove into politics and he became a member of the Arkansas House of Representatives. He was often gone for work, leaving Michelle alone to homeschool their 11 children, which is mm -hmm. like I saw in one video Someone's like, that's a that's an entire classroom like of of children. different ages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. 
So Michelle and Jim Bob relied on a highly structured buddy system to raise their kids. So each younger child would be assigned to an older sibling. And then that older sibling was almost solely responsible for all aspects of the younger sibling's daily care. Everything from feeding and bathing to homeschooling. Like basically it's parentification of these children. Um, They were called, it's called sister momming. Oh, that's what they... That's like the at least that's what the Reddit calls it. Term. Yeah, it's a uh, it's that each of the sisters are becoming a mom, and there's never in- any brother dadding. So even if there's oh, right, <laughs> so even if there's like ten older siblings and ten younger siblings, the boys never have to worry about that. It's always the the ones who are going to end up being a mother anyway. So exactly, and this is like definitely a very, uh, it can be a form of abuse, neglect. Uh, you know when you are basically putting the pressure and responsibilities of a parent of an adult on a young child who has a not consented to be part of this but b should not be having to do this labor of parenting their siblings Mm -hmm. like it's very toxic um and it can be very insidious and in this case i think it was and there was um forever ago there was an interview they did about the buddy system that basically as soon as one of the older kids which they did not say older girls but that's what they meant um as soon as they were basically old enough to get themselves dressed they would then be assigned a younger sibling to help them get dressed yeah so it was like it's not even like once you hit 14 high school age it's like once you're once you can put on your own fucking pants or i'm sorry skirt um (laughs) then you can help other kids yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very insidious, very toxic, um, very abusive. It's just like scratching the surface of everything that's wrong, but already it's it's big big red flags. And and I do want to um say one last thing too, which is important to future parts of the story that you're going to tell, is you were saying that um as you know the a lot of times the kids are not even taught any version of sexual education, um. A lot of them don't even learn until their wedding day. And a lot of times it's just their the men because they're supposed to be able to handle it or and I'm sure they hear about it, you know, through some other like sources, through friends or whatever, and they've yeah. heard of it. But the women are really kept in the fucking dark pretty much until their wedding day, if at all. And there have been a few people that have come forward and said that like I was once part of this, you know, community and I was expected to get married pretty much as soon as I turned 18 and I didn't know anything about sex. And oh a lot God. of them, a lot of them have equated their wedding night to being essayed because they had no idea what was well, coming. Of course. And, and they were also told their whole life, don't even think about that part of your body. Don't be tempted by. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's even traumatic. Even uh, Ginger now says, like, I felt guilty for having crushes on guys because I felt like I was giving part of myself away to someone before I was supposed to. So you're basically told, don't be interested. Boom, be interested. Hey, it's your wedding night and you've never heard about sex and this is what's going to happen now. And so it's just very traumatizing. It is. is. Very traumatizing. It's I mean, it's abusive to just like send your children into a situation where they know nothing about sex but they just have to comply Mm -hmm. after being told forever don't ever let anybody think of you in that way or touch you or do anything like that the power dynamic is so fucked like in a relationship like that where your partner knows your husband knows a 
at, at least the basics about sex, you know nothing, but you just have to go along with it without yeah. any knowledge or consent. It's and do you do you upsetting. mention the like their dating etiquette at all? No, well, a little bit. Um, but maybe when I get there, you can okay. expand because I've heard some stuff from you that uh, I did not put in the notes that I think I, you'll okay. be able to like add to <laughs> clarify. Um, so anyway, all the kids are expected to raise the younger siblings and they're kind of like buddied up and, uh, you know, day in, day out. This is how they've created this structure in the family. So as far as school goes, uh, the kids were homeschooled and the Duggars followed a curriculum from the Advanced Training Institute, ATI. And ATI is run by a Christian nonprofit group and its founder, Bill Gothard, is a literal piece of shit. Like I'm, it, I'm silently nodding because I'm trying to keep my mouth shut, but yes, it, you're right. He is a fucking piece of work. I mean... Let's just put it this way. He ended up resigning in 2014 after a decade. Over 30. What? Over oh. 30 uh, allegations, accusations came to light about sexual harassment, sexual assault. Uh, as one YouTuber put it, uh, everything from the bad to the really fucking bad. Like, th there was just such a range. I don't know that more detail than that. Do you? Um, well, yeah, so it was at least 30 women who'd come forward and just from being some underage too. some underage, a lot of people have said that he always gave really fucking creepy vibes. And, Ugh. um, it was, so I don't think Jim Bob himself was ever involved in like the board of, right. so ATI is the, um, curriculum I think used for the IBLP. Do you talk about yes, IBLP? Yes, now? yes, Okay. So that's like, it's essentially... Ginger is being very, um, she's been doing a press tour recently where she's answering questions about mm -hmm. her time in the faith. And she keeps saying like, oh, it's cult like, but I wouldn't call it a cult. And it's like, girl, you're just trying to protect your family. It's a cult. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. very bad. I mean, yes. Um, I, I don't think she ha has the heart to say it, but um, I might. <laughs> so, you know, like, <laughs> but uh, Bill Gothard was essentially their leader and, uh, it was very disturbing and he would hire um any anyone who was very heavy in the faith a lot of them were either on the board or they had homeschool conferences that they would do every year and he it even felt like he was um grooming a lot of the younger children to eventually not realize that he was harming them um there's I mean, just the fact that there were 30 allegations that that's came, just who came, came to light yeah um but he's and also he was the irony of all of it is that so he wrote a lot of the um foundations of Christianity that he that the Duggars oh yes totally followed. Um especially like when it came I'm getting, to I'm getting into the, the specific curriculum. Okay, cool. Okay, go. Go, go, go. Well I don't I don't want to I don't want to make sure I miss I don't want you to miss a, just, miss something. Just that he uh he he basically created all the rules outside of normal biblical Christianity right. that they followed. And he didn't even have a wife or kids and was deciding all these things about relationships. Yes, and I and... actually, incidentally, as we were talking about him, pulled up the IBLP like website and they have like a Bill Gothard, like our 
leader, you know, bio. Yeah, they, even though he resigned, it was like more of like a a PR stuff, like a PR move to leave. Yeah, yeah but they still yeah. all love him and they respect like, him. He really has like a glowing review here, um, and it says, in order to focus completely on the Lord and the life work God has given him, Bill never married. And it's like, okay, but then he raped a bunch of people and assaulted underage girls. And he also but, told thousands and thousands of people like how to have a relationship right, when how, he never had how one. To, how to properly treat their marriage and their children, even though he had neither. So, yeah, you're right. There, There's a lot of fucking hypocrisy is like the least, like I wish there were a bigger word for hypocrisy, like extreme. Yeah. <laughs> He really he came out during like sex, drugs and rock and roll and all that. And so mm -hmm. I think he was a way for a lot of conservative families to think they were saving their children yes. by putting them in like the most restrictive. Yes. Limited like, space. Uh, possible. What's the word? Uh, sheltered, like mm -hmm. extremely avoidant of of any culture. He, and also he like his beliefs were fucking crazy. They had nothing to do with the Bible. Like, no. He would take a verse and he would just totally warp it into like his own personal opinion. And, yeah. And people yeah. just write it. They just write it out. And that was like one of the things I saw in an interview with Ginger where she said basically none of this stuff that he got was even in the Bible. Like he would just make up his own kind of rules to follow. And like you said, people ate it up. Like they were like, well, this is how we're going to raise our children, um, which is very unfortunate because I'll get into the actual curriculum here. Yeah. So the ATI curricula includes lessons for families to guide them through any religious or moral conflicts they might face. So it's sort of like a, a help, a self-help book for, for Christian families. Um, in the late 90s, the ATI distributed an alarming lesson plan in its curriculum called Lessons from Moral Failures as a Family. And here is just a fun little uh, synopsis of this lesson plan. The lesson plan provided the following scenario. Social workers tell a couple that their oldest son was caught sexually abusing his younger siblings. No legal action is taken. Instead, the son repents for the sin and prays for forgiveness. Then he discusses what led to his sin so the family can understand how they failed him and how they can do better in the future to keep him from stumbling, so to speak. And when he kind of gives his reasoning for why this happened. He blames immodesty in the home for the abuse that he committed. He wrote, It was not uncommon for my younger siblings to come out of their baths naked or with a towel. A different lifestyle with more modesty might have prevented what happened. Oh, my God. I mean, it's insane. Uh, he also says his sisters didn't behave appropriately in their dresses. Finally, he says his mother, a nurse, was too casual about the human body and didn't properly teach her children that men see bodies from a very sexual point of view. <sighs> so this lesson plan basically told parents, and this was just like a made up thing, like a conundrum that you might face. What did you call it? A hypothetical. A hypothetical. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so... The lesson plan basically told parents that to avoid sexual abuse among their children, daughters should be modest at all times, and boys should not ever be exposed to naked bodies. Even changing diapers could lead to temptation, which is like so sickening. Mm. Yep. And diapers. just another way and just another way to say that, oh well, women need to do everything with a baby. True. Yes, men. true. Like, what do you want? Him to have impure thoughts? 
no? Well, then why don't you change the diaper so he doesn't have to? <sighs> so in the end, as we can probably all gather, everyone was to blame for this kind of abuse, except the abuser. And the ATI also released a lesson plan called Counseling Abuse, which was meant to guide victims of abuse. And the lesson suggested that sexual abuse can be, this is so upsetting, and just, I mean, I, you know, I know there's a blanket trigger warning you do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, go, I think I know what you're going to say. Okay, uh, just trigger warning for, you know, I mean, this whole episode, really, or this whole section, but... The lesson suggested sexual abuse can be considered a moral vaccination. Mm -hmm. Founder Bill Gothard used an example of a woman who used to struggle with sexual thoughts and desires. One day, however, she was raped, and afterward, she no longer wanted to have sex with anyone or even think about sex at all. So this rape was a successful moral vaccination that protected her from lust. Yep. So basically, the idea is, well, maybe it was good for them. Yeah. It's it like. Like, First of all, what? I know, I know, I know. And this is where my, like, again, sick fascination comes in with this. Cause I'm like, how can people believe this shit? Like how, how, how you? and this is where, again, like Ginger is currently like, oh, it's cult. Like, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? No. Like your leader thinks this is okay. And there's thousands of families who believe this. And yes, about their own children, like young children, young girls being like, well, it's their fault that they got out of the bathtub with a towel on. I mean, the, the, I mean, and also like the, the massive lack of critical thinking of like, oh, you want, like, they think it's a shock that all of a sudden this victim of mm -hmm. a very intense rape all of a sudden doesn't want to have sex anymore like, it's like wow, well it worked it's like well she duh she got oh my god it's like but it's but also a good like consequence uh, yeah it's foul so anyway that's why i can't stop reading about this fucking family because mm -hmm. there's always something like this so. i get it it's fascinating the lesson plan also explained that the abuse victim might be guilty of their own failings for example if they failed to report their abuse and then the abuser went on to abuse other people they were responsible the previous victim for letting it happen again to other people mm -hmm. right which is like oh okay not the person doing it yeah makes Got total it. sense yeah, yeah makes total sense so although there is no real proof that the duggars specifically used these lesson plans um the family was a strong supporter of ati for many years they did use their lesson plans they attended annual ati conferences Still do, by the way. Still do, okay. And promoted ATI curriculum on their website and in their other media. So we can all pretty much assume that this was part of their learning process and teaching. Um, they also have on their, um, on the, I don't know if it's the ATI website or the IBLP website, but they're um, on, in their shop, you can buy pamphlets. I have not bought them. I've seen the samples though, because I, I just mm -hmm. had, had to know. They have like pamphlets on like how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. And it's literally just like a listicle. And each one is just worse than the last. The, the things that you have to do to be a good wife. It's awful. Oh, it's it's sick. It's really sick. So. Again, we're not 100 percent sure that they had those specific lesson plans, but we can kind of guess that probably they did because they also had the same beliefs. Ginger, just so we're clear, they were very close with Bill Gothard, and Ginger has said he felt like a grandfather to her. Oh, so, God. just to give you an idea of them saying How they close 
how close they were. Okay, I didn't know that. So the ATI's approach to addressing sexual abuse and incest sheds some disturbing light on the way the Duggars, uh, spoiler alert, would eventually handle their own intra-family incidents. Among the Duggars' more typical fundamentalist Christian rules were no TV, no alcohol, and no tattoos. And were there more weird ones? Like, couldn't they, like, not... They had to side hug. And... Oh, yeah. They also... They weren't allowed to have music with drums because oh, drums, drums drums would, like, summon the devil or I something. I was cracking up. It was like, drums are the devil's instrument. Like, what? The playthings, yeah. Are they... I mean, even, like... Uh, so, the ones that you're probably wanting to hear the most are like the etiquette the dating etiquette where like they would all save their kiss for their wedding day they weren't allowed to like hold hands until they were engaged they would at best if you were courting somebody and you were allowed to have any physical contact you could have a three second side hug um, <laughs> Ooh, sexy and you couldn't even hold hands i guess when you were praying together there had to be somebody oh else God. in between you so that there wasn't any temptation um what and about the no Coca-Cola? Is that them or a different family? That that's the Plaths. Oh, okay. that which are also from a, a fundamentalist Christian mm. group. I don't know if it's the IBLP, but probably. Um, but they were the the Duggars did have soda though. But okay. um but they also had and this was more Bill Gothard's thing, but I mean they I'm sure they followed it to some degree. The like they had to be really intentional with everything they had in their house. So if you ever look at their house, there's like a bunch of like decals of scripture all over the walls uh. and like um, really like, you know, not suggestive things. But Ginger even tells the story now that she's like coming out with all of this. She said that like Bill Gothard would always tell this story about how um, this woman had a picture of like a ship in her house and she really liked the picture of this ship and it was out in the ocean. And because she liked it, she just hung it up on the wall. But then having that picture in their house for their entire life her children were influenced to want to go out and be in work at sea and work on ships and because this one picture influenced them they loved the picture (laughs) so they wanted to go work it out in the ocean and eventually all three of them or i think there was like three sons they all became sailors and they died in a shipwreck and it was oh my god and it was her fault that they died because she wasn't careful about what influences she brought into the house. That's like, I mean, Ginger was also saying that she would be so afraid of driving in a car mm-hmm. and uh, music coming on that didn't fit like this family standard of what you're allowed to listen to. And she's like, I would hear drum music. And she said, drums, even in Christian songs, like we're not allowed, even yeah. in like kind of the new agey Christian pop and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Christian rock. And she said she the story that she was told was that a young boy in one of these lesson plans was listening to some rock and roll or like some modern music with drums and died in a car accident because yeah. of it. And it's like, what? Like you're putting this in children's minds oh, and psyches one of her big things that she's talking about now on her whole little tour is that um that she just like lived in constant par- uh, paranoia and mm-hmm. constant fear that god was gonna kill her because of something she didn't even know she had done wrong yes, because yes. there was rock music playing in another room and she was unaware of it but it was close enough she might die instantly so like that's traumatic it, truly traumatic she's like 30 years old and now finally like becoming her own person and but can, like but still probably has that lingering fear from be- childhood yeah but so uh yeah a lot of the things that they taught the family was 
all the way down to like you have to be careful of every influence you bring into your house and you know you can't kiss on your kiss on your wedding day but you can't do anything else you can't even know about sex you I mean, it's just, it's very, very gross. It's so controlling, but in like the weirdest, creepiest, specific way. Yeah. And on like every level. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's full on abuse. It's, it's very I mean, upsetting. They weren't even allowed to have internet, their phones. This is another thing where it was like patriarchal. And I'm sure Jim Bob thought he was doing the right thing, but like, uh -huh. wow, talk about control. He had trackers on all their phones to see like what they were doing on the internet. So oh, like, Lord. He, he could see whoever they were texting. If you were dating somebody, um, you like he would. It was a group chat with the parents, oh, yeah. so like it was. Oh god, I have that coming up too. Yep, fun. So Michelle, for what it's worth, was running a far different household than the one that she had grown up in, which was secular, and she recalls some unimaginable freedoms from her own childhood, like <laughs> wearing pants. <laughs> Being a, she was a high school cheerleader. Yeah, high school cheerleader wearing pants. She said she sometimes even mowed the lawn in her bikini. Mm -hmm. Yep, God she uses that one a lot. She uses oh, that one a Lord. lot. And it's speculated that Michelle's transition into such a religious life estranged her from some of her own family who was not in this world, um, such as her older sister, Evelyn, who is gay and has only appeared once on the show. Mm -hmm. um, but Josh, for some reason, denies this estrangement and says his own aunt has chosen to live a gay life and he loves her. Uh, and he also said, Evelyn has told me she is not for all these measures that are being pushed when it comes to marriage and things. She believes that marriage is between one man and one woman. And I'm like, OK, okay Josh. so he's saying, <laughs> okay, Josh. so he's saying Evelyn is claiming that she doesn't want gay marriage to be acceptable, even though she's chosen like that. OK, that's crazy. Like, first of all, you guys are like pretty darn estranged. And also, I think that that quote came from when he was working at the frc which was uh he worked at the family research council which was like this conservative oh, group God. in dc and i he was like i think he thought he was gonna grow up to like be fucking president one day Gross. and so he was in politics before all the scandals came out of course well and uh i think it came it was like around some sort of election time or when he was like trying to campaign and they were asking his thoughts oh. on on if he is queer friendly and he was trying to use his like aunt as a I ploy of like okay. it's like I have an aunt who's gay but she's also on our side yes and but so, she gets it yeah oh, exactly God. Yep. Uh, that's yeah that uh, that does add a lot of uh, context to that quote because I was like where did that come from yeah yeah other than that they've really never mentioned anything okay. queer unless it's incredibly phobic okay so. yeah so according to the Duggars, uh, their family was loving and thriving and closer than ever. While Jim Bob worked in the House of Representatives, he and Michelle welcomed three more babies. What are their names, Em? After are, the 11? Yes, the next three. Jason, James, and Justin? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I can't believe it. I hate myself, I'm to be so clear. I'm so proud of you. I am. So in 2002, Jim Bob left his position to run for Senate. And he lost, but TV producers were mm -mm, homing in on this whole situation uh, where he is standing in his campaign photos next to Michelle and surrounded by their 14 children. 
So on September 6th of 2004, Discovery Channel featured an hour-long special called 14 Children and Pregnant Again! Exclamation yep. point. And this followed the Duggars through a typical day in their home. Uh, they went over the immense charts for the chores, uh, which they called... Do you know what they call those? Jurisdiction. <laughs> You're such a hero. You're my hero. You're my hero. Seriously. <sighs> well, what? A, it, it, that's all it took this whole time. I mean, really? Yeah. I'm just so impressed. Uh, the special even covered the birth of their 15th child. You know that one? Jackson Levi. That's right. <laughs> uh, by this time, there were so many kids that the buddy system was not doing it. So they replaced it with the groups system. Mm -hmm. and sisters jill Jana, ginger and jessa were assigned a group of siblings to essentially raise as a team together a buddy team yeah 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 and so babies were assigned to a team on a rotating basis and their teams were chosen before the baby was even born so that the older siblings would be prepared once the baby was born to start caring for it right away yep in 2006 another special came out uh do you know the name of this next one there's like so many with weirdly similar 14 kids and pregnant again is it is it is it 15 kids and pregnant again or 15 kids and counting it's raising 16 children oh okay yeah so this was just another like one hour special and this one featured the birth of johanna is that how you say mm -hmm. that johanna johanna. Mm -hmm. johanna faith three more specials followed the family as they moved into a new home and went on trips to the grand canyon and disneyland and the last special in 2007 featured the birth of baby number 17 jennifer, jennifer danielle, danielle. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know we were doing middle names this whole time i could do that too oh, don't you worry can. okay great they're both there i have both great first great. and middle on all these um oh so great okay yeah yeah so the family was a total hit, uh, and in 2008, Discovery's partner station, a little channel called The Learning Channel, mm -hmm. began airing 17 Kids and Counting, uh, which is so, this part's so backward to me, but like, they're, you know, reality TV stars, this family, but the kids are not allowed to watch TV. So it's like a, such a bizarre concept. Yeah, they even, well, they've said that in the past, too. It's like, we don't even know what people are seeing. Like, we can't even watch it. It, it, it It's so backwards. It's also, so backwards. I think, I think because they didn't have TV, they also didn't really know what the concept of fame was. And so when they started getting recognized oh, in real life, they were like, what the fuck is going on? That must be so weird. Yeah. That must be so weird. I hadn't even thought of that. So this series would ultimately span 10 seasons, 229 standard episodes, and 16 specials, all of which M has on Blu-ray, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> the box no, set. <laughs> I, I do the, uh, the not-so-legal version of that because I don't want to pay money. Oh, interesting. Towards, I, I, yeah. You know, I never support that until this very moment, and I think yeah. now I'd like to say, let's get it on LimeWire and... <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, they i do still watch it every now and then just to like see how young all the kids looked back then because oh, like yeah so i started watching when jackson was born which okay. was which he was the first duggar to be born on television on and now there's and now there's i love like, that there's a first <laughs> i know and now there's like i feel like there was like 30 eventually God. but um but so i've been watching since he was born and he just turned 19 mm. so just to give you an idea of how long i've been in touch with this family That's crazy i know and he 
back in the day, I'll watch some of the episodes. Jackson was like the star child of the show. He was like this cute little kid and he was so sweet. And everyone was really rooting for him to one day make it out. Maybe there's a free Jackson.org or something. Yeah, we should start it. (laughs) But he was the cutest little kid. And uh, him and Joanna, uh, Johanna were best friends. And they would call each other um, the Lone Ranger and Tonto or something. They were like, they were like, I don't know thick as thieves but then it got really sad because then once they like hit puberty you can tell they were separated and they like gosh that is sad and it like puts such a fucking like weird spin on what should just be a healthy happy sibling relationship yeah and now they know really now you're inserting all this crap into it like it was gonna be sexualized and it's like god let kids be kids the uh jackson ended up having to go like hang out with the boys and like learn boy things and like he got taken away from really is so sad oi well jordan grace micaiah is that how you say it yep uh ultimately became the 18th duggar and uh who's number 19 um josie brooklyn that's right and so when josie brooklyn was born tlc renamed the show 19 kids and counting and that's probably the most recognizable one, at least to my ear. Mm-hmm. So during the Josie Brooklyn pregnancy, Michelle suffered from uh, preeclampsia, which is, as a former pregnant person, an extremely dangerous uh, blood pressure issue to have during pregnancy. Um, it can be fatal. It can cause uh, seizures, brain injuries if it gets too far uh fluid buildup in the lungs it can impair your liver and kidney function so basically like your body like starts shutting down if you so if you have preeclampsia you got to get that shit figured out otherwise it can turn into eclampsia and she was already getting older as in terms of like what pregnant people age ranges are right they start Um, calling it a geriatric pregnancy at 35 so in in she was in her 40s when she had josie i think and so um, I think people are already worried that it yeah, was a high risk pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so and, and preeclampsia is like very alarming. Um, and so, you know, that must have been scary. So Josie was born by emergency C section. Do you know how much she weighed when she was born? Uh, I know she was she weighed less than a pool ball. Like like so it was, <laughs> that's, that's that's what weirder they... than actually knowing the specific number. So I know for two reasons. One, because that's what Jim Bob said on the oh, show. God. And also because the show would often have like these little like flyaway, like fun facts in the corner oh, that's of the great show. Fun fact. Yeah. yeah. I think it, 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 they said her weight in one of those like fun fact clips where it was like a pound, like not even. She was well, a pound. One pound, six ounces. Six ounces. Okay. Like that is so small. Oh, uh, she was wasn't she born at like four months or something? Oh, or she I had don't four know. months. It was something she's either was born at four months of pregnancy and had five months to go, or she was born five months into twenty five weeks. Okay. So like what's that? Twenty five divided by four. So that's like six and a half months. Um so yeah, she had but, three and a half months left to before yeah, she was supposed to be two born. Two and a half, I think. That's twenty five weeks is is quite two and a half quite early um she was i mean in the pictures like you can see she's like the size of a hand not even like it she's so tiny and she really was struggling yeah that's very um that's scary and you know with current medical uh 
I don't know, advancements. Uh, a lot of the babies do survive, but often have health complications. Um, she was I, she was in the hospital for so long. Yeah, like they even, I bet. They relocated. Um, a whole season was in like a rental house next to the hospital oh. just to be with the baby. Jeez. Yeah, I, I just looked it up just to see kind of what the internet says. <laughs> um, but yeah, so any infant born before 28 weeks is considered extremely premature. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a micro preemie and have a 75 to 85% chance of survival, which is scary, very scary. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she's born at the weight of a pool ball or whatever. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I just have like, <laughs> I was so taken aback by that fun fact. It was, um, it, that's why it always stuck with me. Cause I was like, wow, like, why would you say that? I can, things, sit, but... I can see it just like scrolling across the bottom. as like one of their like little, <laughs> did you know? I was like, well, it was, no. it was either one of those like fast facts or I know he said it to someone over the phone. It was like, oh, she God. weighs like a pool ball or something. Anyway. Anyway. So she spent several months in the hospital until she was able to go home with her family as the 19th Duggar child. Once Josie was stable enough, uh, she was assigned to be cared for by her older sister, Jana. Mm-hmm. For several years, critics of the show spoke, of, uh, spoke up about how damaging this could be for children to grow up with their lives just plastered on TV. Um, I think this is now also a big thing with YouTube families and TikTokers because there's no protections in place for mm-hmm. children who, especially when they get into these really big, successful YouTube channels, these family vloggers like sometimes put their kids through all this labor like they're 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 working they're on camera and there's no like child labor law in place for that kind of thing so i know people are scrambling to try and find like ways to protect kids um well also as for the duggars specifically they told the kids because even if it felt like work there some of the kids would ask like why there were cameras in the house and they were told that it was a ministry for god because if they let people film in the house and air it then maybe they would maybe someone would like the show so much or like their family so much and see their good christian values (sighs) that they would convert and be saved that is just crazy town and so now think of the additional pressure if you're a true christian and feel like you're like going to save people through this you want to you want to put on your your best You're right. It's attitude. not even a job. It's like you're suddenly also a warrior for Christ and having to, like, convert people and you're and, seven years old. And even when you're home, like, I mean, if you're imagine you're a teenager and you just want to be moody and have an attitude. But like you're but there's cameras in your face. God, so in front of it, not only is America judging you and watching you, God is also judging and watching you. It's like, yes. OK, well, I can't win in this scenario. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like doubling down on the trauma of being like a kid in the limelight Mm -hmm. so you know no privacy whatsoever everything they did millions of people watch uh in 2015 when josie was five there was a big um backlash when tlc aired uh a scene of josie suffering a seizure uh during Mm -hmm. filming yep and uh i did appreciate the channels that i watched about this blurred all the children's faces out because you know that's what a decent person would do uh but of course tlc did not uh blur any faces out and also just filmed the entire thing like Mm -hmm. like 
Jana's like, on the phone with 911 frantic and they're just the cameras are rolling and Jana's like a 20 year old uh, like she's like yeah she's and there's also um people still talk about that with Jana because she was essentially what a lot of people believe is she was more of a mom to Josie than even mm-hmm. Michelle was I don't I don't know what was going on with Michelle I don't know if maybe she was it's it the the way it came across is it looked like Jana was like I mean Jana was crying and scared and Michelle seemed to not be as panicked so so, I guess Michelle and yeah Jim Bob were out of town when the actual seizure occurred which then also created a big conundrum or not a conundrum mm -hmm. but like some backlash in among the public because it's like Wait, so the parents aren't even home and this child is having like a medical crisis. And so her older sister has to call 911 and like be frantic. And then you're right. The episode aired and Michelle, the mom, was like, oh, well, seizures aren't that unusual for Josie. And she fucking called them one of Josie's, quote, little glitches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello? Mm-hmm. It it's so upsetting. So, uh, uh, by the way, um, Jana is now like in her mid thirties and is still not married. She's officially like a full blown spinster, spinster in the world. But a lot of people think it's like she had to like raise Josie. They oh, think yeah. the way that the show made it look is she pretty much raised a micro preemie with seizures all yeah. by herself. Yeah. And on top of that, she raised like fifteen other children, oh. and so she's just like. A lot of people think she's intentionally not getting married because she knows that she her. would have to get pregnant and she doesn't want to raise any more kids. So Is she still in the faith? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, so when the show aired, uh, Michelle and Jim Bob published books uh, that covered financial advice, parenting tips, the secret to a long loving marriage, which, by the way, is god's doing you just gotta love god enough and then it'll work out Mm -hmm. so yes this seizure thing basically showed viewers like okay the siblings are taking on the true parenting roles whereas jim bob and michelle are just like ambivalent or like out of the house or not putting the concerned or putting their um their celebrity first because they were often away doing like guest lectures and like they were doing promo stuff and the kids were always at home babysitting each other right and they're they're like writing books and doing press tours yeah so as the show you know continues the oldest duggar children are starting to grow up and consider marriage the duggars uh are anti-dating they instead endorse courtship And the idea is that couples outings are always chaperoned. Couples engage in family activities together instead of like a traditional one-on-one date. And this is something that I always found fascinating, and I'm sure you can shed some light on this. But Jim Bob had a questionnaire that uh, (laughs) men would have to fill out if, if they wanted to court his daughters. And some of these questionnaires were up to 30 pages long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I wonder, do you know, I don't know. Do you know any of the questions on this questionnaire? Um, actually I did for, at some point, I don't know how I got a hold of it. <laughs> I got a hold of the questionnaire at some point. Um, but oh, it was, I found um, it. did you? Okay. So it was easy to get. It's not like I did anything sneaky. Um, 
It was, I think at one point I actually heard it was a 50-page questionnaire. Oh, my. And there's different sections. Some of them are financial-based, like how do you make your money? How do you plan on staying out of debt? Sure. One of them is like, your what's your testimony? Please write your testimony in full detail of how you were saved. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship with your family? Um, you know, all the... All the good things that require fifty pages of of questions, I guess. Jesus, yeah. But it I'm, was, yeah. Uh, which, like, I don't know, like, what he thought. Like, couldn't you just get that information out of like asking a person and getting to know them as they're dating your kid? But no, because there's like a hundred and oh, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. Uh, there are four hundred twenty-three questions. <laughs> We should fill it out for each other and see where Aww. we stand. Okay, yeah. Let me ask you. Um, the testimony question will unfortunately be blank from me. So. <laughs> well, I think a lot of these will be blank. Um, if, to the best of your understanding, are you able to have children? Uh, Gross. Yeah. What is the best method of disciplining children? Do you oh, believe in God. spanking children? Which, by the way, they've. I don't know. They haven't openly said it, but they do b follow uh, Gothardism and the IBLP. And there's uh, a big following in the IBLP for blanket training. I know. I can't. You've told me about this on the show. It's upsetting. Yeah. I think about it it's, a lot. They're they're very um, pro corporal punishment for children. The the fa the faith in general. Well, here's not, number two sixty five. When does corporal discipline begin? 266 how do you begin to train infants like Ugh, what gross. the fuck it's it's upsetting um it's upsetting so anyway th this is like the situation that people are put into if they want to court one of the daughters of jim bob so may 21st 2015 uh this is when the next big scandal Hits the press. So this was only a month after this whole seizure debacle. In Touch Weekly published an article using uh, open source, uh, you know, files and documents they found online. They published an article called Bombshell Duggar Police Report. Jim Bob Duggar didn't report son Josh's alleged sex offenses for more than a year. Mm -hmm. So this started to kick off horrifying revelations about the Duggar family going back 13 years. In 2002, Jim Bob Duggar had notified local police that a, quote, female minor reported sexual abuse in their home. Josh, who was 14 at the time, uh, admitted to molesting one of his young sisters at night more than once. Mm-hmm. In fact, Josh actually confessed this to his parents unprompted before any of the victims came forward. And this became a big thing when Jim Bob and Michelle were, were trying to explain how great their parenting techniques were because he, he felt safe to come to us and admit his wrongdoings. And it's like, yeah, but your children don't feel safe sleeping in their own beds yeah they really tried to make it look like our teachings work because he felt so riddled with guilt that we know we can trust him yes. because he's so honest and he came even to though... us because he knows that like we will he can confide in us about his shortcomings it's like you're touching he's touching your daughters yeah, like what are you it, talking yeah. about it's shocking how that's just not relevant in any of these interviews like it's about josh not about the girls yeah 
And so his parents, you know, he came forward to his parents. It took them 16 months to take any action whatsoever, simply ignoring it, mostly, while Josh began to molest more of his younger sisters. Mm-hmm. When Jim Bob finally did report it, the police took no legal action and basically told Jim Bob uh, he could do whatever punishment he saw fit to uh, take care of the situation. Wow. Only nine months later, Jim Bob's daughters complained of continued abuse. Instead of going back to the police, Jim Bob decided to meet with several church leaders about it, um, apparently including, what's his face, uh, Gothard, what's his name? Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard. They sent Josh to a Christian counseling program for four months, which at first they claimed was a reputable, accredited counseling program. But instead, he went to one of Bill Gothard's, like, extension centers that needed some construction work done. And he basically did physical labor and yeah, like some he d- vague counseling. He dug holes. Yeah, he dug he, holes he for like four months. Which sounds like the book Holes, which is a much <laughs> better story than this one. No, um, he um, and it was so he it ended up being uh four of his five sisters that were, uh, and because he only had five sisters at the time, and then uh a babysitter. Yeah, and that the was babysitter. The, that's right. That's right. The minor that came forward. But yeah, he um. He dug holes and I guess he went through some version of a program where like they like shaved his hair. That was part of it. And um, it sounds like some sort of boot camp thing, you know, which they do have. a. We won't even get into it, but they do have a, a Christian boot camp that they send all of their sons to. So <sighs> and it wasn't me. that that he went to. But there's uh, one of the specials early on. It was filmed right around the time that he admitted to his family what happened. And then they sent him to this camp. But they were going to film a special about all 19 kids or however many kids there were mm-hmm. at the time. And they thought it would look weird if Josh wasn't there oh. to be a part of the special. So he came back for a weekend and whatever special does where his hair is like buzzed off. Oh, jeez. That was when he was actually at this camp and he like got sent immediately back after the filming or something. That is so fucked. So, yeah, you can basically tell by his fucking haircut whether or not he was in this counseling program, which, again, like had no license to therapize anyone. Um, So Josh came home eventually and apologized to his victims. In the end, uh, um, a state trooper named Joseph Hutchins had a stern talk, a lecture with Josh and said, you know, this you can't continue this behavior, uh, but also took no action. And this guy was a mandatory reporter, which essentially means he was a professional who is required to report cases of suspected child abuse and neglect. So, you know. If he sees something, he is required to report it, even if it's just a hunch. But nope, didn't report anything, um, even though he was legally required to as law enforcement. And according to Joseph, he tells a different story. He says he thought Josh had only offended once and he didn't believe it would happen again. And he says he loses sleep over his failure to report Josh when he should have, saying, I am a Christian myself and I worry that something else may have happened. I would be responsible for it, in my opinion, by not reporting it. The young girl should have been my first priority. Now, here we do a big old plot twist where... uh 
turns out Joseph Hutchins, uh, this guy who is just riddled with guilt about not reporting the alleged abuse, uh, is currently on parole after serving 15 years of a 56-year prison sentence on child pornography charges. That'll do it. Like, are you kidding me? This one guy that they had talked to him and give him a stern lecture and didn't report anything. Well, guess what? He was also in the same fucking circle participating in the same fucking well, bullshit. I think he was actually in the same circle because I, I think this is alleged because I, I don't remember where I heard this from. But I think one of the rumors was that he was actually, yes, he was a a cop, but he was also part of the same faith in the same church that the Duggars went to and so they're like we'll go to a cop we can trust is not going to actually do anything right it's like oh we'll have him talk to you and give you a lecture but not take any action outside the home that's what that's I think that's I'm not trying to spread any misinformation but I'm pretty sure that's that was one of the rumors that like he actually knew the family and so he was like not as harsh about it Uh, yeah yeah I mean I can definitely believe that and as somebody who then ended up getting busted for Mm -hmm. the same shit like child pornography it's obvious why he was not concerned with reporting this yeah 14 year old touching his his sisters which then a bunch of people came out and were like trying to defend josh to say like and they were like usually people who i would assume are like on the right side of things because they were saying like oh well this is what happens when you don't teach children about you know, sex, and he was too curious, but he couldn't go to anybody and talk about oh, it. So come on. I know. They were saying, like, he, um, like, because he never gets to interact with any other girls, these are the girls that he was surrounded by, and he got curious. And, the, like, it was like, it's like, why? Yeah, a lot who, of people aren't taught about sex and are curious that... I've never fucking touched any children. End when of I was, story. Uh, like, yeah. Th- that, it's not that hard. That's but a lot insane of... insane fucking, like... A lot of people tried to twist it into like, Stretch. oh, well, he he didn't know any better. And they were like trying to defend him and like criticize Jim Bob and Michelle. And it's like, you're doing it backwards. Like you're, you're almost <laughs> there. But yeah. like, no. Yeah. But like, no. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, holy, holy, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. So the Duggars are now supposed to be appearing on the Oprah Winfrey show in 2006. But shortly before the family would appear on the show, a letter appeared at the Harpo Studios. An anonymous tip came in about the abuse from a family friend of the Duggars. I think you told me how this happened, but wasn't there a, a letter written by one of the girls that had been tucked into a book? Did you hear about this? There was a letter. That sounds familiar, but I don't remember it. One of the girls wrote about the abuse, put it in a book, and then this book ended up getting like switching hands and going to a different family. And oh, that does sound yeah, something like that. Through the family friend found this letter that was never sent out, and so they anonymously contacted Oprah and said like, "There is shit going on in this family." I don't want you to give them this platform. Like they're just fooling all of you and all of us. Uh, And so Oprah is not one to be made a fool of. And so she involved police 
who launched an official investigation into the family. Yeah, because um, I remember I remember saying something to you about it, and I was like, how did Oprah end up in this storyline? <laughs> yeah, Oprah just, like, was like, okay, well, then f- let's fucking nail them. Like, they're not coming on my show. Let's get the police involved. But unfortunately, it was too late because Arkansas has an extremely short statute of limitations on molestation, sexual abuse. So there was no case to be made or to be had. So the abuse continued to remain a secret until 2015 when In Touch Weekly used legal public information routes to access the initial abuse complaints. And that's when this big bombshell article came out. So in the wake of the report, TLC made a statement condemning Josh's actions and they removed all 19 kids and counting episodes from the air, even though it was like their biggest seller, like their Mm -hmm. hot ticket item. The show was officially canceled on July 26, 2015. But, of course, Josh had his own supporters backing him, including the ever-graceful Mike Huckabee, Huckabee former oh. Arkansas governor, trash monster, uh, who <laughs> r- rallied behind Josh and the Duggars. Of course, Josh's wife, Anna Duggar, also made a public statement to assure people that she knew about the abuse before they got married, and she believed that he had been forgiven in the eyes of God. And then Jim and Bob, I'm sorry, Jim and Bob, <laughs> it gets me every time I'm like, that's not a name. Oh, my God. Jim, Bob and Michelle made the following public statement. Back 12 years ago, our family went through one of the most difficult times of our lives. When Josh was a young teenager, he made some very bad mistakes and we were shocked. We had tried to teach him right from wrong. That dark and difficult time caused us to seek God like never before. Even though we would never choose to go through something so terrible, each one of our family members drew closer to God. So, like, all in all, this was a good thing, is kind of what they're arguing. And during that same interview, because I think that was with Megyn Kelly or yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. They, um... Which they... those clips are crazy town. <laughs> oh, yeah. they And then right after they went on, uh, two of his sisters, who were two of the victims, came on, Jessa mm-hmm. and Jill, and they they did they said they were like fully in defense of Josh. They were like, uh, this, you know, happened so long ago in our family and we had truly gotten over it as a family. We had forgiven him so much time had passed that he has like rebuilt his trust with us. And, you know, and then all of a sudden this came out mm-hmm. and now we're having to like relive all of the experience yes. and it's retarnishing us. But the thing I want to mention about that interview is at the end, Megyn Kelly is like, okay, and, and now, like, now that this has come out, no, nothing else, no other drama in the family. There's no other scandal. We're never going to find out anything else about the family. And they both, unknowingly, but they vouched for Josh being like, this is the only drama, this is the only <sighs> scandal our family has. You're not going to hear about us the ever dad again. dad keeps saying, Jim Bob keeps saying, we have nothing to hide. That's yeah. why we did this show. We had nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Famous last fucking words. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Or this is, you'll never hear from us again. This is the last scandal you'll ever know of. <laughs> that was another famous last word. Famous words. last words. So Josh himself also spoke out uh, in his own defense. And this is what he had to say. 12 years ago, as a young teenager, I acted inexcusably, for which I am extremely sorry and deeply regret. 
I hurt others, including my family and close friends. I confessed this to my parents, who took several steps to help me address the situation. We spoke with the authorities where I confessed my wrongdoing, and my parents arranged for me and those affected by my actions to receive counseling. Digging holes. Mm -hmm. I understood that if I continued down this wrong road, that I would end up ruining my life. I sought forgiveness from those I had wronged and asked Christ to forgive me and come into my life. I would do anything to go back to those teen years and take different actions. In my life today, I am so very thankful for God's grace, mercy, and redemption. Mm. So some of Josh's sisters, which you've alluded to, who were his victims, spoke in his defense as well. And like you said, they had chosen to forgive Josh uh, when he asked for their forgiveness years ago. And Jill specifically said when the news broke, um, when InTouch shared this information, uh, she felt re-victimized by the story coming back, like coming to light. And according to her statement, this was something that's already been dealt with. We've already forgiven Josh. We've already moved on. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, in touch, plastered their names all over the story, even though they were minors. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a that's a toughie. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where to stand about that. Um, also, like, not to I think one of them had just like gotten married or something and another one had just had a baby at the time and so i feel like like their first baby i feel like they had just come into this world where now they're supposed to be like open to Mm -hmm. sexuality and things like that and like it happened right in the moment when they're supposed to finally allow themselves to be vulnerable about that stuff and now they're sexually active and now they have to and now they have to think about that on That's top of like point. the first time they're having like intimacy moments with mm-hmm. their partners and it's mm-hmm. like i just can't imagine the layers of trauma that they're like unfortunately having yes. to live through it's, it's hard because like obviously i think this news needed to come out like this needed to be investigated but also like i can understand that that would be deeply traumatizing to be like re-victimized so it's a hard nut to crack i feel like i don't yeah. Know that maybe they didn't go about it the best way. I'm not really sure, but um it just breaks my heart cuz like god, these poor girls like they've they, gone through enough. They've already raised 19 children. They've done nothing wrong and now they're being like put on you know, blast all over again in the media. All over again and now expected to be vulnerable with partners like while they're being re-traumatized and about something. And talk about it on TV and all of this. Yeah. I mean, and it's one thing. I mean, I'm not trying to compare traumas, but you know, it's one thing for someone to talk about this yeah. on media, and it's like a really vulnerable, hard time to to reflect on. But if you've also grown up in a family that says you're never allowed to talk about this stuff, and as you said earlier, if something bad happens to you, it was either your fault right. or it's a moral vaccination oh, or like... God. Like, this was meant to happen, and you should be content with whatever God gives you mm-hmm. or... And so on top of a normal traumatized, a, a normal trauma. With, this, now- with presumably some support system and hopefully mm-hmm. some support system behind them. They are like at a loss here with no recourse. Like they're, the statute of limitations yeah. has expired. Their parents are basically teaching them it's their fault. They're in and, this corner. And one of the things that Ginger's been talking about on her on her book tour recently is that and a lot of people who have come out and said, oh, I knew the Duggars and this is what they were like. They've said, oh, they're weirdly robotic. Like they don't really have a lot of personality, like individual personality. Mm. 
Ginger during her book tour has said we were all kind of raised to like be very specific and calculated with the way that we responded to things, the way that we talked, because not only were we on television, but we wanted to, quote, keep sweet and be good for the Lord and all this stuff. And so every she was saying in one of her interviews that every time someone talked to her, whether it was a friend or the press or even her own fucking family, before she said anything in her mind, she would be thinking, what's the right thing to say? What's the right thing to say? Mm-hmm. So she never even felt safe. No freedom to... of thought, no freedom of expression. Like, And so to go on a Megyn Kelly's show after a scandal and have to essentially freestyle a conversation about a really intense, traumatizing thing. family against about the thing they did to you. I can't imagine the pressure. Yeah, you're right. It's it's so many layers. And it's like, you know, we can't even begin to understand what it's like to live under all those layers. But um, it just yeah, it makes me sad. And, you know, the family argued at this point that, oh, don't worry, we took steps to protect the girls after the abuse. We put locks on their bedroom doors and we yep. made sh- we made sure that the girls wore shorts and leggings under their skirts. Vomitous. What the fuck? Like, oh, we put things in place. We locked the doors. Yeah. That was it. That was fucking So one of Josh's sisters was angry that the media was calling Josh a pedophile. Um, According to Jessa, quote, he was a boy, a young boy in puberty and a little too curious about girls. She Mm -hmm, insisted Josh, that's exact argument. She insisted Josh was no longer a danger to anyone and that he was a good man. Again, famous last words. In 2017, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, and Joy filed a lawsuit against InTouch Weekly, the city of Springdale and Washington County, claiming their privacy was breached when InTouch Weekly released their names with the 2006 police report. And Josh hopped on the bandwagon and also sued because the report on his teenage actions had hurt his reputation. Well, he got, I think that's the, I think that might be the one where he got fired. Oh, probably. So maybe that's why he was worried about his reputation, because he lost his job. He lost his job, and the lawsuit was immediately dismissed. Well, not immediately, but ultimately dismissed. So he didn't get any sort of compensation for all the trauma he's had to go through. Boo-hoo. In total, Josh had five victims. Only four are, I guess, specifically known. Uh, His family continued to defend him as a good man who had just made mistakes as a young boy. And he and his wife turned to a little something called, do you know what this uh, service is that they started to use? Oh, yeah, I, yes, I do. It's the, um, shit, shit. It's, are you talking about the program to like keep Uh trackers on their phones and everything? Uh Uh-huh. Something with the the word I? Yeah, I don't know. What is it? Covenant eyes. Covenant eye. I wasn't going to get the word covenant. It basically is like a Christian software that alerts your family or friend or spouse if you are looking at porn. And it's basically mm-hmm. the whole point of it is to try and live a porn free life and get to keep out your of, eyes pure. Yes. To get out of the spiral of like the shame around porn and then watching more porn and like damaging your partnership. And so essentially what they did was put this tracker on his phone and computer. Uh, But one day at church of all places, Josh, Josh was chatting with a friend about how frustrating it was to have this covenant eyes thing, always watching him. And his friend said, Oh, well, you know, there are ways around it. 
And he was like, really? Interessante. Let's write that down. Boy, interessante. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so he's working at a car dealership. uh, And one day, the fucking FBI show up. Mm Mm-hmm. And his response to the FBI's arrival, Mm -hmm. do you you remember it? Has someone been looking at child porn? (laughs) Uh, What kind of fucking moron are you? And by the way, it was his, yeah, it was his car shop. It was his family car shop. So like, yes, he, and I remember like, there's, if you look at the, the plot of land, there's like a random shed, which is where they kept the computers or something. Oh, geez. So it was almost like he had a whole... I think he used his, like, actual computer in the main office, but I think there was a second place he could, like, run off and hide and use his phone or something. So, actually, what he did... Well, yes, I think that, too. But I what he did was he partitioned his hard drive and created oh. a Linux hard drive where he could access the dark web, but it wouldn't okay. be tracked by this Covenant Eyes thing. And, you know, he thought, like most predators do, that they're fucking geniuses, right? So, he's like, oh, I... No one's going to figure this shit out. But he is on, which they kept. I I listened to the entire interview between the FBI and him right after he was taken in for questioning about this. And it's like 40 minutes long or something. But I just wanted to throw up like the whole time. It's just horrible because he's in there and and he's like trying to play all chummy. Like, oh, man. He is. Chummy is the perfect word. It's so gross. He's like, oh, the work you guys do is so great. And like you do such honorable work to these like guys looking for people who are Googling child porn on the dark web. He had to be sweating. I mean, like. But also, obviously, he was sweating because who just goes up to the cops and says, oh, has someone been looking (laughs) at child porn? Which like huh, has you, some of my employees been looking at child porn? Like you just, it could have been like, oh hey, one of your cars ha- like has a busted tail light. Like and he just like he was clearly so guilty. Like yeah. he like had he just spit he, out his own fucking crime in front of the FBI. Yeah. Exactly. And he was like, oh, well, sometimes, you know, we find things in cars like old cell phones in the back of like a Honda because it's a used car. So and I'm like, so you're arguing that. So, yeah, he's asking a lot of questions. It is frustrating to hear because the FBI guy is kind of like chummy back with him and is sort of. And at first I thought, oh, maybe that's just a technique. But like there were so many chances where Josh could have kept talking and incriminated himself and they just kept interrupting and like stopping him from talking and i'm like he's literally walking in circles around it and like he's about to fucking blurt something out but they keep being like they just keep interrupting and i'm like let him fucking talk so that he can say something incriminating whatever it was very frustrating um and it was gross because he was all chummy and like oh the work you do is so amazing um Mm -hmm. But so apparently this is what he had been doing. And they asked him if he knew what Tor was. Mm -hmm. And this is different from Torrent, which is like, you know, a file from Napster or LimeWire, speaking of which. Uh, (laughs) But do you know what Tor is? Like what it stands for? Because I had no idea. I didn't even know it stood for something. So apparently it's called the Onion Router. T-O-R. Oh, I had heard Onion something. Yeah. Okay. And so it's like a browser you can use essentially to access the dark web, basically. Like, I don't know that it's intended for that, but essentially it 
it's like a free open source software that enables anonymous communication. Um, and so it, it hides all of your kind of activity. Whereabouts. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so he was using this to access uh, the dark web and finding some very upsetting content. And he's just not acting in this interview as if he's done, as if he's innocent, because they're asking questions. He's like, listen, I just want to make sure like you get the answers you're looking for. And, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not guilty, but I also don't want to implicate myself. And I'm like, you're not going to say you're not guilty. Like if you have not been looking up child porn and the FBI is like, Hey, you've been looking up child porn. A normal person's reaction would be like, what the fuck? No, I haven't. Like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't if, do that. If someone ever looked at me and said, you've been looking at child porn, my eyes would glaze over in like complete confusion. I'd, I'd be, be like, like, what how- the fuck are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. And so he's like not acting innocent at all. He's like, I just really respect your work and I want to let you do your job. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not guilty because I don't know the details of what's going on. And it's like. You just said that out loud. But then when he keeps talking, they keep interrupting him. And I'm like, this idiot is going to just blow it in a second. Let him whatever. It was just he he has always like if you watch any of the episodes with him, he always felt like a slimy schmoozer. And like there was a, I remember there was at one of his sister's weddings. I think it was Jill. He like goes up before the wedding and like has the microphone and is like kind of like telling people like you know hey because they would film the the weddings as like specials for the show right so i think they had to have one of them go up and be like hey nobody use like flash photography or anything we're gonna be using you know professional cameras but the way he went up was so fucking slimy and he was like he was like no phones does everyone understand like he'd be so condescending and like think he was hysterical and thought he was taking the house down gross he, he was just like always creepy and there have been people who have shown up on the Reddit page, mm-hmm. which, like, again, I cannot confirm or deny if they, like, actually sure. knew them. But I was actually pe- about to bring up Reddit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, people claim to, uh, like, have known some of the Duggars, and they've all said that Josh was always a total creep show. So. Yes. Uh, apparently, the one, I don't know if it's the one you're thinking of, probably, but uh, apparently one of the former security guards did an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and uh, he described that the family treated Josh so differently from the other kids. And Mm -hmm. he had like a very special place in his parents' heart, you know, and they always wanted to make sure his protection was paramount. And apparently like he would come in the room during this whole scandal, like blowing up and his dad would go, ah, there he is the man of the hour. Everyone's talking about him. Like kind of joking about like how he's in the spotlight and, Gross. it's 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 pretty sick uh he was definitely the, like the golden child for yes, sure but yes and he was there first right like he's the yeah. oldest oh boy yeah awful i mean it's horrible these poor kids Ugh. anyway so he has figured out a way around covenant eyes he has split his hard drive into a linux section where he can access tor this uh onion browser that keeps your activities secretive and i i'm not saying tor is specifically meant to access the dark web i just think this is the way some people use it yes so 
now he's suddenly facing, at age 33, by the way, uh, new charges, two counts of downloading and possessing child pornography. And the Department of Homeland Security accused him of downloading and uh, possessing explicit images of children as young as toddlers. Mm-hmm. 18 months. <sighs> Fuck. I mean, babies. Like, it's that's yeah. sick. During legal proceedings, Josh could not live at home because he was not allowed to be near his own children. I, I do remember his wife, like, speaking out in his defense often during Ugh, this time. It's like, like you wouldn't believe. And it was so also cringe. after... Do you cover the show counting on at all in this? Uh, no, not really. But uh, okay. But I, I know I, I meant to mention it earlier. It's where they like take him out. Yeah. So after like half of the scandals, uh, mm-hmm. they got rid of Jim Bob and Josh, but they had a new show after Nineteen Kids and Counting was canceled. They called it Counting On, and, they and it focused was... on some of the girls, right? They focused on this. It was mainly two of the girls, but it was really any of the siblings that, that were eighteen and older were allowed to be on the show, and it included josh's wife but here's the other fucking drama in between him touching his sisters and this child pornography thing is right in the middle uh it was right as the show was like already going to happen i think or like the show had just been like greenlit and so it was like the worst time for like josh to finally have his like to have another scandal uh it was when the Ashley Madison scandal came oh out. Oh my god, I didn't even talk about the fucking Ashley Madison. That's not even in here. I like totally blanked That's okay. on that. He he's a he's a messy man. So it was right after. Oh that my was, god, that was the crazy. I- the irony of the Megan Kelly interview with Jessa and Jill when they were like, "You'll never have." There's no more scandals after this. Like it felt like weeks later, the Ashley Madison scandal came out. Which, if you don't know, Ashley Madison was a website truly meant for people to go online make an account and find people to uh, cheat on their spouses with quick correction is a website is still still very Jesus. much active it, like that's the whole point is like to go cheat on your partner like just to and- give you an idea their slogan is life is short have an affair <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing out of like disbelief it's outrageous but so there was some drama years ago now where a hacker broke into ashley madison yeah, the website it was, it was like a whole hacking group um let me pull up their name because uh the impact team yeah the impact team and they basically held the website hostage and said like you give us something in return i'm assuming money or else we will uh release all of the back end login information of all the people who have accounts on ashley madison and we'll basically rip your website apart because all these people will be found out by their and spouses the, the whole also point about this ashley madison is that it's supposed to be under completely anonymous secret anonymous like no one will ever find out you know that's the whole point and so like this was suddenly saying we're gonna blast everybody's email addresses out and everyone can everyone can look up like all the the roster of people and they can see if their spouse is cheating on Mm -hmm. them so then the ashley madison scandal happens shortly after him like touching his sisters and the name one of the biggest names to come off that list was joshua j duggar (sighs) And so then there became this whole other thing where basically when 19 Kids and Counting was canceled, then Counting On starts, the whole first episode is just the siblings and his wife reacting to the Ashley Madison (gasps) scandal where they're all in tears and they're all like, we were like, Anna was saying like, I never saw this coming, which like, 
okay like i'm sure maybe you didn't but like he was also so slimy like yeah. it just feels like in hindsight how did no one see it yeah and um but even his sisters were like we went on television and fucking defended you and like we all backed you and like to know that you still like as you were in the middle of this scandal you had a whole you other knew. scandal you yeah. that you knew about and you weren't telling anyone so then he had so now he like and everyone was like anna you need to like leave him even the siblings were like they as we have discussed for the last two hours so sorry everybody um but they have they were all very like marriage is for life it is a commitment you do not get divorced and a bunch of people were a bunch of the siblings were now like old enough to have their own social media a lot of them had have been married there's a whole other scandal we never even talked about which was jill which she like kind of started breaking away from the family and it was the first real um, sibling to start kind uh-huh. of like implying that things aren't as pretty as they seem at home um but a lot of people were now old enough to make their own opinions and they left the house so they didn't have to like play you know to the family uh-huh. anymore and they were saying like we like i'm pro divorce if he's cheating on you leave this is not what god would want for you and so now there's like sides to the family being like you need to leave him and she fucking stood her ground and she was like that's my man oh, fuck off and- and so then, anyway, they stay together. They end up having another kid. They have, like, three more kids after this. Oh. Um, and every time, like, they'd announce a pregnancy, you could just hear the entire universe go, yay. Oh. Like, we're so happy for you. Like, and during the Ashley Madison scandal, she was pregnant, I think. Or during the child pornography oh. one, she was maybe also pregnant. Um, but so anyway, the whole Ashley Madison thing happens. And then the child pornography thing. Oh, my so God. So then everyone was like, Anna now has to leave him, right? Because she has seven fucking kids with him. Mm-hmm. Like, they are all babies, and he could be doing something with them. Like, you don't know. And anyway, I really went off on a tangent there. I just there, feel like but she I... was trapped. Like, what well, else she's could also she been, do? She's also been told her whole life that this is all she'll ever know. Yeah, and... she's trapped in an abusive fucking situation. It's like, how do you even... And it's it to this day, there's still a lot of back and forth on people's opinion of Anna because oh, yeah, people are like, at like, yes, you are in an abusive relationship. And yes, you don't realize that you can get out because you've been told your whole life you can't operate without a man. Right. And like to a point where like she lives with the Duggars still or like lives on their property. Well, and, and to like, think like you have all these children, like you need somebody to help you. Like you're kind and of she stuck. Was, and she was told she never have to work. So how is she going to like handle right. seven children in a house? So she like still lives on the Duggar property Ugh. and like, but like, so a lot of people are like, we feel bad for you there. But at some point, like your maternal instincts have to, you need like, to hold some accountability here for, for on behalf of your kids. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, um, it's a rocky topic, but a yeah. lot of people have differing opinions on the anna thing yeah i don't again like a lot of this is so layered and like complicated it's hard to know where you where i even stand on some of it um but i do have some more fun facts about the ashley madison thing that um, oh okay i don't know if you i'm sure you know this already but for anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't um because i totally forgot to even put this whole section in but basically uh this it got leaked that he was one of the primary users and apparently Ashley Madison has also had quite a few scandals in that uh, it's known for sex workers to get on there and, you know, engage in sex work online. Uh, I'm glad with, you brought this up with married men. And so it turns out he was also paying for um, a 
guarantee and a fair guarantee which costs 250 bucks which is like if he didn't have sex with someone he'd get his money back Mm -hmm. and he spent like over a thousand dollars on this website uh to meet with people he also had um i think i don't remember who it was but there was a sex worker on there who ended up i think trying to sue him because danica uh there it is danica dylan uh she claimed that she had sex with josh on two separate occasions she was a sex worker and she said that he offered her fifteen hundred dollars for sex but it turned violent uh Mm -hmm. something she did not consent to and then he only paid her a thousand dollars and she ended up suing him for assaulting her to the point of causing physical and emotional injuries and uh she you know asked for damages and the uh oh god it's upsetting he paid her fifteen hundred dollars for sex that she claimed was violent enough to make her feel like she was being raped and uh she ended up dropping the lawsuit and the rumor is we don't really know but the rumor is that uh you know he paid her off basically like they settled Mm -hmm. outside of court um and then they linked his email to an OkCupid account. Oh <laughs> and my by God. the way, this whole time he is working at, let me pull up the actual spot where he was working. Uh, he was working in D.C. That's the FRC, the Family Research Council. That's the one in D.C. at the conservative lobbying group there uh, when all this was going on. And he made, and this is alleged because there's not real proof about it, but he used someone else's photo and created this Joe Smithson character and wrote like this weird bio. I'm an executive in the city. I develop strategies, meet people, crunch numbers. Ugh. And he wrote, I'm really good at humor. It's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice yeah, I'm try. sure. <laughs> um, and he, he just wrote like the weirdest shit about like what he was looking for. Uh, professional, well-groomed, stylish, classy, casual jeans, muscular, petite, tall, like all the checks of what he was looking for. Um, high sex drive, has a secret Ugh. love nest, is disease free and has natural breasts. Uh, and the guy whose photo he used actually sued him because oh good people would google him and the fucking this whole thing would come up and so people he was not getting jobs because people were like oh he's like this a creep creepy sex offender guy also Uh, a a lot of people think so it was like a big thing and a big arc in the show when he moved to dc and oh. now a lot of people are like, maybe he just wanted to get the fuck out of town where nobody knew Hell him. So he yeah. could just cheat on his wife and do whatever he, he like, wanted. He immediately and- created all these accounts, was paying thousands of dollars. Um, and so that all happened, like, yeah, exactly. Well before uh, the child pornography FBI charges came out. Um, so, yeah, basically his wife is, uh, you know, was defending him throughout all this and during the legal proceedings, he actually couldn't live at home because he was not allowed near his own children. He stayed with a pastor and had to be monitored by GPS anytime he went out. He was only allowed to go to work, doctor's appointments, and church. Wow. So kind of them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Josh was ultimately convicted on two charges of receiving and possessing child sexual abuse material. And before sentencing, Josh's family wrote letters to the judge pleading for a light sentence. Michelle wrote, Joshua has a tender heart and he is compassionate towards others. 
And his wife claimed in a letter to the court that he is the kindest man she knows. <sighs> so Josh faced a maximum 20 year sentence. And on May 5th of 2022, he was sentenced to 12 and a half years, which he is currently serving in federal prison. And he will not be eligible for parole until he serves 10 years of his sentence. His family continues to support him and movements like the Quiverful movement continue to endorse the Duggar family as an example of living a godly life. And, you know, there's so much more to this, like you said. Like, I was reminded right before we started recording of the transphobic robocalls that Michelle would make. Where, like, you'd pick up the phone and be like, hi, like a pre-recorded. This my name is Michelle Duggar. I have some shocking news to share with you. She has this like weird high pitched voice. She's she like, does. I'm telling you, men, and I said you heard that right. Men are going into female only spaces, and they are sexual deviants. And it's like your son is oh, yeah. like a rapist. What are you talking about? That these sexual deviants. Especially like, and then I think that might have also been where a comment about like his, well, no, I don't, they might be different conversations, but a bunch of queer people came out and they were like, oh, so like we live like nefarious deviant lives, but like you can cheat on your wife and touch your sisters and like look at child pornography, but we're the awful people. So it was just like, there was a lot of back and forth of like, just couldn't be a bigger hypocrite. I mean, really, like it's almost, if it weren't so fucked up it would be comical like how outrageously backwards all of this is Um, and this did lead to a bunch of the siblings again who are now old enough to like have their own opinions or they're married off and all this so they can say whatever they want right they have posted like uh some of them have posted about their opinions on the trial and have like straight up said like it's (sighs) good that josh is in jail and like so at least not all of them feel like they have to still protect him they've said like that's good they're like, this is the right thing to do. That's so. good. That's comforting at the very least. Yeah, man, it's a shit show, dude. I, it's wild. It's and wild. I mean, it's crazy town. Well, if anyone ever wants to hear me uh, spew s- more scandals about like Jill Duggar kind of not leaving the faith, but like definitely causing waves in her well, family. Well, now I want to know. So <laughs> I'll I'm... tell you about that. That'll be the after chat. How about that? Oh, that's a great idea. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. A hundred percent. Let's do it. If two hours of Duggar information wasn't enough <laughs> <Right>. for you, <laughs> please head over to Patreon and uh, listen to our after chat where I will be talking about Jill and Ginger Duggar's escapes from the IBLP. Oh my God. I can't wait. <laughs> Happy birthday, M. Oh, Christine, I, this was the, this was so lovely. I know it was three hours and I'm sorry for everybody, but I'm also not because of all, I feel like a birthday episode, like yeah. people probably saw it coming. Yes. Wow. You really have been holding out on that topic for so long. I know. And I, it was like in February, I was like, we got to get this fucking rolling. And so <laughs> I start, I've been like obsessively watching like YouTube and I couldn't talk to you about it, which was like so painful. So we finally have something to to talk about. Oh, it's I'm so, so weird to hear you saying, "Oh, in an interview, Ginger said." I'm like, I know, what? I know, I know. I'm so excited, <laughs> and I feel like I'm just coming to the dark side with Vanderpump Rules, with 19 Kids and County. I I have no self control anymore. I it's beyond me. Well, okay, well, wow, you really this was such a such a such a good call. Yay! Well done. Oh, uh, thank you. And also, I'm so glad he's rotting in jail. Yeah, I, fuck that guy, man. Fuck that guy. Um, all right. Well, I I guess we'll see you over at Patreon, folks. And I hope everyone else has a very lovely 
birthday if you're an early june baby uh happy birthday and we hope you're celebrating right and treat yourself to a present because i'll always endorse that and eat a lot of cake yes and that's why we drink and eat cake bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.